This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Down Comics in Hollywood, California. Harmontown is now in session. Please welcome to the stage the mayor of Harmontown, Dan Harmon. Thank you. I've been, been kind of haunted by when Dino was on the show and he kind of, we watched the show through his eyes and he, at one point he's like, why do, why do people, why are these people here? Why do they come here? And it kind of, it was a valid question. I didn't, I didn't, so now I'm kind of like, I'm back to my old nervous self. Like I want to put on a good show. So that's probably a good energy to be in, right? That's good. Always, yeah, always be yeah. prepared to give people what they want. Yeah. It was just not to say that I, I don't have anything to talk about, except that I, I, we, uh, oh, so we adopted a, uh, uh, Aaron and I adopted a new dog. Like, Aww. yeah. I, our therapist then told us we had adopted a grief dog uh, because we had uh, adopted it moments after our friend OD'd. But uh, I, 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 and I didn't make do the math until that moment. It was like, I guess we have a grief dog. I guess this was an irresponsible decision, <laughs> but we got like this little tiny dog uh, that uh, through some rescue service that from some guy that found it in a box on the street or whatever, and it's like this little this little mix of terrier and a bunch of other things that make it not breathe properly but snore adorably. And it's a, it's about it's a, it's smaller than my cat, and it's but it, it won't stop humping Harvey and uh, and it loves Harvey and it's just like Harvey loves it and like it's scary. They're very happy together and then it just like, there's nothing, why is it, why are dogs humping things so funny to us? Like as <laughs> as primates, like, like we're the most awkward humpers you would think in the animal kingdom, like other animals are kind of designed to do that. But then when you look at a little dog like humping a, <laughs> humping a big dog's elbow and they're like, the, the expression on their face when they're kind of like, 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 just that, 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 when they're just like looking at anything other than. Well, I, I think it's because we're, we're, 
But I, I think it's because we're kind of Heisenberging that experiment. Like they, they're looking at you generally. Like, like you're in the room, and they kind of make weird eye contact with you while they're humping yeah. you, and that's no fun for anybody. Yeah. So I mean, he's just a little. He's a little guy. And he's were you not... motivated? Like, did you say like we should, we should go rescue a dog in your grief, or did that dog come to you somehow? Like, well, I've, no, no. I feel like I feel like I a long time ago was like Harvey should have like a companion because I think that he's a lovable guy and he we get a lot out of him. But I also feel like every time he encounters another dog. He's so happy, and you know, if I, you know, just the thought of when we left the house, if there was another dog there that he could hang out with, it was just very cartoonish thinking. And then there was also that karmic thinking of we got Harvey from a breeder. We, he's our little buttermilk, silver spoon, little biological child that we that we bred with our little white white penis parts. And and you know, I always I was always like, we gotta go get ourselves a fucking you know. A, a, a little scrapper. So it's a grief to and, make up for it in God's a, eyes. It's a grief and a guilt dog at the same time. It's a yeah, it's a guilt dog on behalf of the animal lovers of the world, like the people that would otherwise say you killed a dog when you brought Harvey home. So is anybody currently at home with those dogs right now, or is it just a giant dog fuck fest going on? Well, we're crate training uh, uh, Nigel, which is the uh, name of our little uh, uh, Nigel. We're crate, crate training him, so he's. Is there, he's a, is there an origin story for the name of Nigel? No, I just uh, we were trying to we were gonna go with Willem because he looks like Willem Dafoe, but uh, <laughs> he I don't know I just uh, we were getting in the car and then I and then I just instinctively kind of called him Nigel as I was like like come here Nigel and whatever. <laughs> It's become a morning show. Our show's a morning show now. <laughs> Soon we'll have equipment. I'll bring up photos. I'll show you my dog photos. Or, and then I'll, 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 maybe I'll have a baby by then, and I'll bring up that. But I, I'm not saying no one's pregnant. Also, no later on at tonight's show, Dan's going to make his famous New England clam chowder. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Nibbles is coming out. But, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about our guest. I was just I, I, I was talking to him in the green room, and I, it just I, turned into the show. Like, I, I, I skipped through the green room because I was a little bit late and didn't have time, but just met, managed to see our guest, and I'm very excited. I always, I always have a rule, like I try not to talk to the guest. Like I just, I just stare at them and fold my arms. No, I just, I don't try to. Like if if they're coming in, like because I, I, I'm a bad interviewer and a bad like. So I want whatever energy I have, like whatever I want to talk to them about. I, would, I don't want to have to like. But I, I just started talking to him about all the stuff, like so. No show tonight, and it's bad. If you see us talking about anything interesting, it's the second time through. All the answers are prepared. But but that, my my enthusiasm for 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 this guy is like uh, on many 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 layers. Uh, but I so I think we should just bring him out right away. I don't think I have anything to talk about. I'm I'm miserable at work. I'm trying very hard to make season six good. Why don't we talk about that for a little moment? Why why don't, why don't you unburden yourself of that just just to get things like. Let, let's. I'm just very behind schedule. It's all my fault. I just, from the very get-go, you know, they finally gave me enough rope to hang myself. I don't have anybody to <laughs> complain about. I have this giant corporation in Yahoo that's like, just loves the show. Just They're going to advertise the fuck out of it. Everything is like beautiful and wonderful. Everyone's on my side. And so, of course, I'm going to self-destruct. That, so that's. <laughs> is it as simple as you don't have... a, a an enemy above you that you dislike and hate and fear. I believe that... that's the case. Yeah, I think that I'm. So, I think that I need to feel like I'm supposed to clean my room so that me not cleaning my room is entertainment. But now this is just going to be a show about a dirty room. <laughs> and it's not going to make any sense. You know, they're going to be like, like, why did you clean up your room? And, and then 
I don't I don't know. It's not gonna no, it's it's not that bad, but are, are, it's aren't you always, I'm just worried about it all the time. Because I don't you, have anything to gauge it by. But aren't you always this behind schedule and worried at the same time? Is it I so, think it's unprecedented this time. I think I was at just the first episode I was like I put us way behind schedule the first episode. It wasn't like I knew how to do the first episode. It was like I didn't, and then like I just kept delaying that, and then like so everything is just every everything is just delayed all the time. Just is it like delayed. is it like Tootsie where people are getting pages right? It's exactly like Tootsie. <laughs> it's, <laughs> before you finish your question, it's, in any way that you could add, uh, mean that, it's exactly like Tootsie. I've never seen Tootsie. I don't know. <laughs> Tootsie's based on a soap opera. I think so. They're probably get, they're, and and, and, the, and okay. we do shoot community right now is being shot like a soap opera. Yes, there are these actors who have these characters that they understand that come in and they do not know what they're doing and they are handed pages for the next scene and they look at them and they they learn them during rehearsal and I mean they should all get Emmys relative to that. So should the prop master who then goes, oh, so a giant phone then? Asshole! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sorry. I <laughs> just typed it. And I was like, I'll, I'll start with uh, big phones and see how I can make them bigger. And, uh, and she goes in back and then she comes out with a giant phone an hour later and everyone's great and they all hate me because, the, because if I gave them more time with material, they would be able to do their jobs as good as they are. All, the the prop masters are unbelievable in their ability to you at the last second to rewrite something and it just appear on set. It's unreal how they do yeah, that. Yeah, and the people that make the pants and the people that make the hats, two, two departments that you didn't know were different, um, constantly feuding with each other. Uh, within the wardrobe department, there's the pants department and the hat department and like something, will, you know, pages will come in and I'll purposely antagonize them by saying something like, um, he has a large trouser-shaped hat. <laughs> Just to watch, because I just like to watch them, watch them. Uh, no, that's not true. But uh, everybody that works on that show should get a should get a medal of honor, and I should be shot in the face, and and the and the and my blood should be like scraped into a uh, vial and like sent to a lab, so we can figure out a way to block my DNA from ever reoccurring in television, because all I do is hurt people. <laughs> Now, Thank you. <laughs> it was the one time when I was fishing for something. And, and, it, and it only kind of trickled and it, in. And it, yeah, it was very, they were like, here, if this is going <laughs> to... They were like, we agree, go on. And then they're like, well, if you're not going to go on, oh. All right, got it. Okay, well, uh, anyways, let's... Uh, but, but yeah, so I just like, uh, you know, I'm trying to... So then if I... So if you, I, you got directors coming in, because I had dinner with... Uh, with Bobcat uh, the night before he for a table read and he knew that the next day there was no script I was just starting to cut his episodes great yeah, yeah but he, he he was saying like so like I've never really done this before table reads tomorrow there's no script I said there, there might not be a table like they, 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 you, might, you, might, you might walk in and they're, they're building a table for you and he goes for me that's kind of how I make my movies like I don't like to know everything in advance he goes this seems like perfect for me he did I, great. I, said, I said I think I think it will be then like, it's a great episode he did a great episode yeah they're all they're all great episodes. It's a great show. It's the best show on TV. It's not even on TV. I just have to go through this. So it's just it's just there's nobody telling me what to do. So, so, so like, then you look at it, and you go like, well, that's how you're gonna end it what, with what, what, Leonard what? just taking a shit. <laughs> oh, all right, Soilers. Uh, well, what, uh, what would you rather? You haven't have? seen the, what he ate. <laughs> what would you rather have next time if you had to do another season or another show? Would you rather have? Uh, Robert Zemeckis breathing down your neck or, or a, a nice 
cable network not breathing down your neck. No, I, I think I I, I, I I continue to enjoy TV. I just think I think that um, I think what I definitely need is like because Chris McKenna is like my right hand man and like the guy who makes everything really funny, like has a lot of passion. He's not like it's not like I'm Picasso and he's like a guy that makes Picasso possible. It's not like he's a frame fetcher. I don't know who did what for Picasso, but uh, he's like he's like an equal and a partner creatively. He just cares about the show in different ways, but he's like very funny. funny Funnier than me, and like always come up with these ideas. It's just he and I like making the show together as partners, and there, what there isn't is like a liaison between us and the suits and the production. And what we need is like a kind of a, a third guy that's just like, hey, it's me, Eugene. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Eugene. Uh, it's like, need help with that f- funny script? I'm like, sure, Eugene. You're a hilarious writer. Um, but first, could you check in with the line producer about those giant uh, phones? <laughs> That's what we need. And also, oh, so- Sony's calling. Hey, Eugene, you take that one. Give, give your comedy a break for a second. Go take, the, go take the Sony call. We need Eugene. So what was that person's name on the last version? Uh, nice try. Everyone takes a little bit of the Eugene role here and there. I mean, like, like, whatever. So, so it, it's, it's all too much paradise there? Every, everyone's Picasso and there's nobody yelling at you and it's just it's too easy? And coupled with the fact that any, any, any actual grown-up work that has to be done, it's either me or Chris doing it, neither of us. That's not our, that's not our wheelhouse. That's not where we're best used. Right. Like, we, we don't want to talk on the phone to anybody about marketing or... Like keeping right. the trains running, but we have to. We're happy to do so, but then we are behind schedule. So that's my lesson. I would like to do more TV, but I, I need I need to find like a fall guy. I need to find like a <laughs> I need to find a guy that's like like more of like the, the type A person that like likes the minutia, likes the the detail work. Yeah, like one of these guys that's like kind of like happy to not be funny or something. I don't know. Like 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 that, that's like sort of like like I just like being around the magic. You guys are crazy. <laughs> What were you smoking? <laughs> Wait, what are you smoking? You're smo- What are you smoking? <laughs> if you call human resources, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Go back in your office, Eugene, and talk to Sony. <laughs> uh, we just need we just need somebody somebody. All right, that seems, there- like a, seems like a dream job for a lot of people that aren't that talented but would love to be around that. I think yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot there's a lot of those guys out there. I think, those- I think we have a few in the crowd. They just right. clapped. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind, and I wouldn't mind being that guy pretty soon. Like I'm, I'm kind of that guy on Rick and Morty a little bit. Like just Justin's so insane. Like I, I just stay in the writers' room and work on scripts. But like, like Justin's a maniac. So I'm just kind of like, hey, you heard the man? Make it about turds. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, actually, that's not true at all. Justin does everything related to production, so that's not even a good analogy at all. I'm just like kind of like the head writer on Rick and Morty. Who cares? Uh, we came to the show called Harmontown. We, we care. Uh, shut up. Uh, you, sh- you should care more about our, our, our guest tonight. So, uh, let's bring him up and start. And start. What's your wristband? On your right hand. Oh, what is this? <laughs> Were you in the hospital recently? What oh, God. <laughs> I was in the middle oh, of Oh, that's a- right. I'm dying. <laughs> I was having... Uh, what is this from? <laughs> Oh, this is from Harris's memorial. Hum- humble brag. Good, good job. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. They had a well. That's that's worth noting in the diary of our lives. They had a they had a really wonderful memorial at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade new 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 space. Which on paper I would just would have thought like I don't want to go to this, but 
Aaron, I knew Aaron would want to be there, and I was like, I, I, I'm gonna go. Also, I, I should be there, but I like, I wouldn't have gone. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, but I'm glad I did because it was really like, it really hit you like the importance of a memorial service. Like there was, there was just, it was just a flood of like stories about a person that is gone now, and it was like you're just laughing the whole time. It was just like, what an amazing guy, and. And it really helped. It really helped, like, atone, like, somehow. I don't know. Just squeezed you out a little bit. There's a lot of people walking around kind of shell-shocked. And, and then you listen to these stories, and, and, uh, and I don't know, it just works. I don't get it. I guess, the, you know, the Neanderthals invented it, the idea of a funeral. So why are we questioning? <laughs> why did I think it wasn't a good idea to go? But um, it was it was nice, and I have a bracelet on from it. And Were you afraid that because it was a comedy thing that it might not be sincere, or that I was afraid? I was afraid of. I, I have social anxieties coming in being around people. First of all, I don't understand death, and I'm afraid of it and coping with it. I don't know how to talk to people under normal circumstances. I don't know how to small talk. There is no right. such thing as small talk at a memorial. There, the, the you, my usual path through conversation to avoid my avoidance of small talk is to kind of like talk about whatever's really going on. Whatever's really going on is not it's not a fucking safe area at a memorial because you don't know if you're talking to a parks and rec guy, you can't be presumptuous about how grief stricken someone must be. Like you don't know you're trying to calculate like how hard did this person get hit and what right do I have to say anything? And I don't wanna th I don't wanna think about stuff like that. I have to think about stuff like that too much just like normally. The therapist said, Don't think about that stuff. Just speak in truths that cannot be just bring some Kleenex, be the Kleenex guy. And uh, and say, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, and no matter how repetitive it sounds, this is terrible. Really? This is terrible? You're supposed to say that at a function? <laughs> but I tried doing it. It, it worked on Adam Scott. <laughs> that's, that's when I really leaned into it. I remember it was Adam Scott, and I said, this is terrible. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it is. This is hair. <laughs> He did, I felt like he did appreciate it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just keep, this is awful. This, this is terrible. And Adam Scott was like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was, it was great. It was, it was, it was a great did, did celebration. Did you happen to speak? No, of course not. No, no. I, I, I'm, 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 I was just, I was just there to like, Aaron, Aaron was close to him. Rob was very close to him. And, you know, I, I knew Harris and I was I, just. I didn't realize how close my close friends were. Uh, to him, I just met him a handful of times. I, I didn't realize how how like how tight he and Rob were, and like other friends of mine. Yeah, it was a pretty. I you it, I I I would no exaggeration. Like I I like if you named a person that we knew, like it, I would I would way without knowing, I would bet that they knew him. You know, like like he was just like kind of everywhere. Like I forgot of, that he sang at Rob's wedding with Sarah and uh, and Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought your little, um, I guess if it was a eulogy that you did last show, it was very. Well, that was my anger phase. <laughs> there is other there are other people are bargaining. That was me being angry at like anti drug people, and now I'm getting towards acceptance, which is like the scariest thing in the world because you don't want somebody to be dead. So, um, <clears throat> all right, let's now that we warmed up the stage for <laughs> for booger. Uh, <laughs> um, I. I, I, my affection for this guy is uh, is unparalleled, and I've, I've been I've been so excited about having him on the show for so long. Um, even if only it was because he had been such a 
such an indelible presence in, in, in so many formative movies when we were, we were growing up, so many reasons that I'm out here in this city. Um, but also, just now in the modern world, he's also doing some work I admire because he's, the, uh, he's executive producing like what, one of the only kind of semi-honest reality shows that's on TV that, like, uh, that we, we can talk about a little bit. Uh, so let, let's bring him out. Curtis Armstrong is here. <laughs> Take any of those, yep. Wherever you're comfortable. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for playing me in. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had to uh, kind of brighten the mood after that last ten minutes. Yeah, I know. I was really getting sad back there. <laughs> you weren't supposed to listen. I got no, it. it's okay. Well, I mean, it's, just, it's, you know. Yeah. Oh, my. You didn't happen to know Harris Whittles, did, did you? I did not. I never worked with him. No. I never met him even. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, yeah, whatever, man. I, I, well, it's, it's like, uh, uh, just stories from him in the writer's room being sat at a memorial. That's what, like, what hits home because it's like you're, you're in an audience of workaholics. Like, so everyone spends 16 hours a day in a certain environment, and then you're hearing about this guy who kind of shot through that environment, and like, it just raises all these questions about what the fuck are we doing, which is, which was a common theme. And I think Matt Besser, who went up early on, who, like, Who's a renowned curmudgeon, and you know, um, uh, but he really like it was the perfect eulogy for anybody, let alone somebody that he, he, he you could have you could have taken it and put it in, in any uh, wake, and it would have been very inspiring. But it was really apropos to to, to this guy that that passed. But it was all about that concept of what was this thing that made them special that we didn't notice when they were around and now that they're gone what what you know just how can this person live within us and can we and it really i like was really taken with all these stories about him because the constant theme was how little a shit he gave how he gave zero fucks and i like maybe that maybe that 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 hurt him in the end but it also like clearly i was like what the fuck was i doing the entire time that he was around why was i over here doing something different like 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 playing this game of like how am i driving with the audience when this guy was like suffering under the yoke of mainstream perceptions and was just spent every job that he went to and kept getting promoted one of those superstars that you know would come to work and then show up late and like no one gave a fuck because if they fired him their show would get unfunny and um, and he just like spent his career you know bursting at the seams whatever seams were around him and what, 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 what I, I was that guy at one point at some point and then I started tweeting and then I turned into a fucking weird half Mr. Rogers half asshole like <laughs> Constantly. By the way, how are you? What's your name? And <laughs> sorry, Curtis. That's all the time we have. Curtis Armstrong. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, I want to start with King of the Nerds instead of start. I think we'll get into like like your your blessings upon my uh, my my adolescence, but. Uh, um, the you're 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 currently right now TBS Friday nights at nine. Friday nights at nine, yeah. We're uh, for the first uh, time. It's called King of the Nerds, whereas most reality shows are kind of like they're called like you know who wants to fuck the the, the, the smiling Joe, um, and uh, it's all about it's all about you know it's a very you're, you're, it's a it's a it's a templated reality show. I mean, it looks and feels like a reality show, except yeah, because well, it's it, it does because we've got I mean the, the you know the people who actually know what they're doing. 
you know, uh, Robert Carradine and I, uh, who were in Revenge of the Nerds, we came up with the nerd show idea. But we needed people who actually had a clue because we didn't. We've never done reality shows. We've never known people who've been in reality shows. So when we, once this thing was actually going somewhere, we needed people who could actually run it. And those are the people who are making those kinds of of you know the 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 actual template mm -hmm. of of you know survivor type shows or whatever. But those people. But we have we have certain things that we want to make sure they stick with, which has to, ha, has to do with nerd culture and have it be a little different. Well, you know, for now. instance, the fact that every time somebody gets eliminated, like there's, I mean, it's. It's, it breaks it's, everyone's heart. It's, and and you and you, and you always like when it, when the person gets eliminated is when they are raised to the height of their their individuality and you give a little kind of Springer's final thoughts about who they are. Right. right. You you say uh, yes. you know uh, Jackson. Although you're, you're th there is no cosplay in the Great Beyond. You yeah. you have you have dressed as a hero this way. Yeah. You know, whatever. You do that really well. <laughs> you you give them a very personalized and it's not it's not just no I know. Based on superficial well, stuff know, it's like and they they always cut them because i write them too long i mean i because what <laughs> oh, we you do write is those? i write those because i want i can't give them a a basic well thanks for playing <laughs> you know it just i it's not in me to do it they mean it's strange but they actually i i'm an executive producer of this show and a host of the show but i am a fan of nerds and i've always been a fan of nerds and so when I'm in a, a, a room like you've got there and I'm watching them for, you know, 15 hours a day uh, and I become so enraptured with them and it's when they leave, it really bothers me. Uh -huh. And that separation you're supposed to have as a host of a reality show, I'm not capable. I cannot do that. I just get too emotionally involved. And I don't think you have to because you're kind of a den leader to these Cub Scouts, right. it's, which is somebody who does need to have a kind of cosmic detachment from them. Oh, it's, it's kept very separate when we're shooting. But what's going on inside of me is different. Oh, I see. And then what happens, yeah, when we're shooting, there's no funny business, there's no talking, there's no, you know, they are the hosts. Mm -hmm. You don't talk to the hosts, just like any other show. But I'm dying inside. Is there any room in your show for that to be revealed? That, 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 that. I think people take it for granted. I think they just assume that that's the case, that you don't actually have relationships with no, them. No, I'm saying, but is there room to include that your like, pathos, pathetic... Well, you could do, you could do those no, little... It's, you know, I, well, mean, I, you, I, I take that... I, I use the, the, the farewells, you know, mm -hmm. which are usually made up on the spot because we don't know completely who's going to go home and who's not. So mm -hmm. they're made up at last minute. And I use that as my way of expressing my my love for them. Right. And then they cut that down to a tiny. And second. they cut that down to this much. <laughs> but it's very. I mean, you know, the, obviously from the top down, there's a mandate to to preserve the humanity and not punish aberration. Like the things exactly. that make you different are the things that make you uh, uh, good, uh, not necessarily the things that make you bad. And the way that you win is not necessarily blending in with everyone else. And that's right. a crucial difference to the, to the, to the show uh, because it's, I mean, it's, you know, cause it's called King of the Nerds. So it's like they're, and they're, they're, they're actual nerds. It's not like it's, you know, depending on where, how you define that, some people might go, why is a guy that only reads comic books a nerd 
because I work for NASA, but there's like it's right. like every everyone who you could authentically call a nerd, which I think is defined by kind of obsession. I think like, like I think that's as good in uh, a, a, a description as anything. And is. they come in and they do cry and they do have mental breakdowns and they do reveal pettiness and 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 greed and ambition and uh, embarrassing things. But because it's, they're human beings. It's part of a. It, it is. It's. It feels yeah. like you know. Well, this this would happen to you too, and it happened to them for a for a re. They yeah. they don't. No one ever feels like they're walking out. And you're going like, oh fuck that psychopath. Like like I'm glad they're. I they get hit by a bus as they leave the show. Right. They're like all like 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 <laughs> like decent people and we, and and yeah, it's 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 so it's a thank you for well, making that show. Let You're me, in your let third season. Let me just season. give you one quick thing just to tell you to give you an idea of, of how this all works for them. When we did our premiere in January for this season, um we wanted to have a party, you know, to do some press and all that and and we sent the word out through Genevieve who was one of your guests right. before, uh, to the nerds who had been on the previous seasons, saying, you know, in addition to the new nerds, if you want to come, come. And, you know, uh, join us for the party. We're not paying for it. We can't give you any money. We can't fly you here. But if you're here, come to the party. All of season three, huh. this group, all of them showed up. All but one of season two and half of season one. And they all came here on their own dime. They all paid for their own tickets. They found housing. They did all of that stuff because they wanted to be there for that premiere party. That's great because normally when people are on contestants on reality shows, they feel pretty uh, flushed down the toilet and thrown, exactly. thrown away. Because like the editing can be so cruel. Yeah, but we don't. Yeah, that's true. And, but we don't let go of them, you see. Now, you said earlier that... Uh, that you've always loved nerd culture. When you did uh, Revenge of the Nerds, was there were you guys that aware of nerd culture? No, back because then? I don't think there was a lot of nerd culture anyway. I mean, not really. Uh, there was, you know, there were there were Star Trek conventions and so on, but that was, and Comic Cons, but they were like in basements in those days. They weren't, you know, corporate behemoths. Yeah, they they, they weren't in the light of day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they were all you know people in their garages. With, yeah. Well, know, that movie, boxes. Revenge of the Nerds, we were talking about in the green room. It was the for me in my by my perception, it was the be very slow beginning to what we have today, which is just nerd domination of the word nerd right. almost means nothing um, uh, because what is a nerd when nerds are are captains true. of industry and running the government and like uh, exactly. we own everything You're, and we that's really true um, the, the, and we are the sought after demographic and, and, and it's like uh, and, and I start to worry should I say we because I, the, I, I'm worried I'll get called out on not being an authentic nerd and yet everyone's a fucking nerd um, the um, but 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 it goes back to that that pivot point. I always associate it with that movie that that because it put a label on it and said absolutely from here on out. There, if you see somebody who's weird in a movie, all those people that we make fun of in the movies when they come through and they go, "Oh look, it's 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 pur purple derper." Um, from now on, you have to understand that that person is the hero of their own story. You're not right. allowed to just like give them a wedgie and call that a joke one. anymore. Yeah, like you could do that in meatballs. You could do that in like you could you leading up to that the preppies could be the heroes yeah, in, my, you, in my memory every movie before that, that 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 was the joke every movie after that you weren't allowed to do that like you could like like the jocks were the good guys until that movie you're right yes <laughs> but you were in, saying in, in the green memory. room this fascinates me that that movie was incredibly unsuccessful critically oh the, critically it was a disaster they, the, nobody they wanted hated to, us they just hated us 
And I think, you know, I mean, at the time, we were sort of consoling ourselves by saying things like, well, you know, all critics are self-loathing nerds. <laughs> and that's the reason. They, they see too much of themselves. But the director, movie. you said, who I think, I'm going to watch Revenge of the Nerds again, see if it holds up. Like, I do know, well, I want to talk about Better Off Dead in a second. I, I have watched Better Off Dead since Bobcat was on here. And we talked about Savage Steve Holland. And I went ran home and watched Better Off Dead again. And, and fuck, it holds the hell up. And uh, it's such an important film. And uh, also, like, Savage Steve, like, then he just kind of trickled away. And I want to have him as a guest on here and talk about Gotta that. Be because the perceptions of people who are in the Midwest watching this stuff on HBO, Select TV, VHS tapes that they run into, the, into disintegration, yeah. which Revenge of the Nerds is one of them, our perception is cultural efficacy. It's just that, oh, this, is, this must be an amazingly influential and successful film and it is for us but in some strange emerald city from which it's coming people are being rewarded and punished on different scales and 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 jeff canoe who directed revenge of the nerds went on to direct gotcha you said i'm I'm acting like i'm an expert i pumped you for this information yeah he went on to direct gotcha which is the paintball uh exploitation movie i I remember everything about that movie i've never really i saw it in the theater with my mom i guess the best and, I went, and, uh, and there was a, there were like uh, those little tracer disc guns that, that they, like they shot little plastic discs that flew pretty well. And I just played gotcha all the time. So it was wow. all, I was I was going around and playing like a fake assassin and, and being like a spy with my gotcha gun. Yes, I am a spy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's from the commercial. Um, the uh, the so so but and then he kind of like and then he sort well, of well he I mean you know he, I, this is a, a good question to to ask of him as well but but I mean he was somebody who if it if it had not been for Jeff Canoe we wouldn't have had the freedom to that movie wouldn't have ha- had the freedom to develop the way it did and come out the way it did he was incredibly brilliant at creating an environment in which writers and actors and even producers were involved. He was casting the producers in tiny roles in, you know, in Revenge of the Nerds and sort of keeping them in the group. And he had and this collaborative writing he, process. It was very, very collaborative. And he, he brought all of us out a week early before shooting, putting us all up in a hotel with the writers and the producers and so on. And we would just sit in the hotel all day. We'd, we'd be hanging out at the pool and then they would call you in and you would go in and you would talk about who Booger was. And, and, you know, you had to write everything down. I went back to my room and I did my old acting school job of, you know, writing down my biography of Booger. <laughs> I did this. What is Booger's biography? That was really funny because what wound up happening was, like last year, I was going through a trunk of stuff. And I found this amazing notebook, which I still have, that I, because I was serious, you know, this was an acting thing that you did when you're trained the way I was trained. And I had this booklet, and it's got the bios of all of the characters I played in those early movies up to about 87. And so I'm, I'm looking at it, you know, this Ur text, and I go into it and I find Booger's biography. And I'm, <laughs> I'm reading what I wrote in 1984 as to who I thought Booger God was. God damn it, I would have told you to bring that. Uh. <laughs> I can tell you right now, it was me. It was totally me. I, I, I mean, I was it, going to ask you how much of Booger was was on on the page on the script before. There was very little. There was almost none. Like, was there a breakdown for the character that said Booger no, no, no. comes in and in he fact, looks no, like? No. And he... I didn't. I didn't audition for Booger. I auditioned for Gilbert ah. for oh, really? Anthony's part. Yeah, be, which is what I thought I was 
reading for. So, oh, <laughs> that's great. I'm reading for, oh, great. I'm working with Bobby Carradine. That's fabulous. <laughs> and then uh, it turned out that um, I was actually auditioning for a part that was too small and too disgusting to audition people. <laughs> you know, you couldn't use booger. I mean, what is it going to be? It's like, I think it, um, the, the douchebag line, my mother's old douchebag, but that's yeah. back in Ohio. <laughs> that was like the only line that had a beginning and an end. You know, for Booger. It was mainly <laughs> nose-picking and, and belching. Because your character was only nerdy in the sense that you were just completely... He wasn't nerdy a, at all. You, you were a sociopath. You were just a, you were a misfit. Exactly. He yeah. was... He, Booger's only reason for existence <laughs> is to show how saint-like these other nerds right. are. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, you just believe in them so much. Like, this guy is the best... Well, well I have he, another... What they do is he gets thrown out. I mean, it's sort of a traditional thing. He gets thrown into the, you know, the, the outer darkness with them. Right, and they don't even think about it. They just say, "Oh, you come with us." That's okay. So this is an important thing because you mentioned something. You and I are similar age, same generation. Like, and then there's a new generation. Well, you if you look at Revenge of the Nerds through current eyes, I mean, I can without rewatching it, I will tell you the fucking unacceptable red flags that are going to come up. There, there, there is absolutely non-consensual sex that converts exactly. a woman from uh, being a good guy, a bad guy to a good guy because she lets the nerd like disguise himself, and then she's like, oh, you're so good at cunnilingus. It's just horrible. Is it Darth Vader, too? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By Darth our Vader. modern definitions, there's racism, there's homophobia, there's, there's, I mean, there's a million Crimes that we've covered as we've progressed. Like now, you you look back thirty years and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. Um, the, <laughs> really the, true. The, the important kind of like socio political, like 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 the like subversive element though, and that's where Booger comes in is the idea that that was the first time in my consciousness that we 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 put a word on nerd, but the whole idea of the movie that was demonstrated not just in that final monologue, oh, we're all nerds, and then even the beautiful people are saying, I'm a nerd too. But more importantly, throughout the first and second act, this creeping realization that the word nerd has no boundary except that you are the other, which means that if you smoke weed, you're a nerd, which means right. that if you're a growth, which means that it, and, and, and what is the common hub? It's, uh, it, is the, it is being divested of your right to prejudice because there is a gay man in the, in the, right. within the nerds. A gay and he black is, man. He is, not, he is not immediately sussed out for his aberration. He is ignored. Not he only is, he is, he well, is welcomed and he's, like, he's, it's never questioned. And when we go to UN Jefferson, because we want the Lambda 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 to support us, we say that there will be no prejudice, which we think will get us in with him, Bernie Casey. There won't be any prejudice uh, according to race or creed. And Larry B., who plays Lamar, says, or sexual orientation, <laughs> which is like a joke that would work now. Right. Um, you know, I mean, if you weren't. You know, if you were doing that kind of a parody on that sort of thing, right. so yeah, I mean, it was it was you know they were they meant it as a parable for anti-Semitism. That's what the writers meant. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Listen, I just found that out about Superman. I did. I, I remember hating that and then learning that uh, two Jewish kids uh, created right. it. And it was the same thing, and and they they did that the burning the burning nerds on the lawn and all of that. They were going into these, which were at the time for people our age. They, they were these strong, you know, cultural uh, flags of something that had been going on in the 60s and the 70s that we were supposedly coming out of now, you know, which, of course, we haven't. But, but that was the idea. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Revenge of the Nerds. I know. <laughs> Someday, I was making a drink and I didn't know. I could keep talking while you're doing that. <laughs> I, I want to hear, uh, now Now it's time to talk about Better Off Dead. Yeah, how, how which is what you really want to talk about anyway. Well, kind of, but I don't want you to talk out of school. But I, mean, I wanna... that, that, that's, that's a movie, I mean, I, I, I did a quote, I, I did a reference to that movie, not knowing you were going to be here, I think last week or the week before, and that's a movie that I think, I know I quote a couple times a week for this, ever since I've seen it. And, well, the, and it's also like, it's, it's a thing that when something happens, everybody in the room of a certain age all says the same line. Right. I've never seen snow without quoting you from that movie. Right. <laughs> because that was a great fucking line. <laughs> Which one? any this idea what the street value of this mountain would be? <laughs> uh, my my favorite uh, uh, moment in Better Off Dead is the, when the bad guy, uh, like, like, you know, he skis to a stop and... Uh, and then there's John Cusack, and there's his cute girlfriend who's going to get stolen by the bad guy. And then and then there's uh, uh, Curtis's character standing next to him, and uh, um, <laughs> the bad guy, the preppy bad guy, says, uh, so looking at the at the at Cusack's girlfriend, goes like, "Oh, you're a, you're a cute little thing. What's your name?" And in in, in with incredible sincerity, you step forward and go, "Charles Dumar." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not you're not. You're not being the guy who's like you're. You're not the Animal House like uh, subversion. No. Like your character in that movie is like an interesting tweak on the on the nerd character because he's absolutely like he doesn't ever seem to really take any sides and he's sort of like just a th- like he's he's very happy to be called a cute little thing and right. and and help that guy with his skiing if that's what he wanted in that moment. Yes, and, I'll hold your clipboard. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, no, it was such an odd movie because it. Hello. Um, it was we'll a. Edit that um, out. It was uh, it was it was a story that was pretty typical that was being filtered through his sensibility, which no one was aware of at the time. He was very new; he was twenty four, I think, and he was making this, you know, what was basically a, you know, this was a real movie. How many of you guys? How many of you? How many of you seen and Better Off Dead? Who's really right, wait, 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 more accurately, by applause, honestly, who has not seen the movie? Wow, it's, it's creeping in. I mean, I tell you, this is a, this is we're getting old. We're getting well, see, old. This is the thing: is that now it's like me talking to somebody uh, like your age about movies that, when I was your age, I thought would never go away, and they've already gone. Yeah, you know? I, I, I mean, better off dead. It didn't occur you, to you me. You mean like Birth of a Nation? Yeah, movies like those kinds of movies. I was growing up on. We were all growing up on John Hughes movies, and it did. I when I rewatched Better Off Dead, what I finally realized, having become in my old age a kind of John Hughes expert, was that was that better. The thing about Better Off Dead was its departure from the John Hughes 
yeah. like mainline. And I didn't. There was no other way to express it when you were back then, except that it's a it's a weird movie. It's a crazy movie. It's weird. But it was like, well, it's not. It's not a a, a weird movie. Would be you know, I, Easy Rider. I mean, it would just be about something weird. This is about sex and teenage life and going to prom and winning ski competitions. It, it, the 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 tone of it, the the reality is like allow it just it's it's not grounded in right. the John Hughes like reality where where you can live and die by um, what someone feels you can you and can, there's comedy sketches that keep recurring through it there's like there's little, it's, it just breaks genre all the time it's, well the, the, the yeah. universe is absurd there yeah. is no, there are so many things about the universe that make absolutely no sense that it, that I would imagine a normal producer would immediately say f- with with all the best intentions you can't do that I know you think that's fun the reason you think that's fun is because you you you're bored and you're a director or you're a writer and you want to have fun but the audience doesn't want to have that much fun they and i i'm i'm, I'm not like i say this all the time when i'm making my tv show i'm like constantly like 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 going like don't, let's not freak them out um, they want to believe these people are real so that we can continue to have fun for a thousand years. Right. But, um, but, but, but then you, if you really – like the thing that I've learned doing community is that it, as long as when people – if somebody gets – if somebody is betrayed, if they feel betrayed – and you believe they're betrayed. It doesn't matter if there's like if the moon is a dick. Like it doesn't. It's the, the universe can just be anything. It does. You can be in outer space. You can just like cut to anything. We're all pickles now. But it. it <laughs> and, and but as long as you pick, you have to pick that one channel to be consistent with the, the, the physics of emotional consistency. So like like why wouldn't that guy say that that guy was an asshole? Like 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 like, like he just was an asshole to him. I don't care if they're pickles. I'm not going to ask why they're pickles. We didn't ask why Snoopy didn't run out of room in his doghouse. Like it was we were we were held to the ground by you did. I, I wondered that. <laughs> Remember those letters uh, did you ever read about who, who was the father of Mr. Brady on the Brady Bunch? Shaw was his name? Uh, who, played, who was the actor that played the, uh, Father Brady on, on the Brady Bunch? I can't think of his name. Uh, well, he'd be happy right now. God, no. What the hell's his name? Greg, Greg, Greg Brady? No, that can't be right. He would get these big fights with, with Sherwood Robert, Schwartz. Robert, Robert, uh, no, I thought, no. Reed, Robert Reed. Robert, <laughs> is that it? Is it Robert Reed? <laughs> Did I get half of it right? I'm <laughs> well, sorry. I almost said Robert Shaw. It's totally that. different. Okay. Okay. Uh, but like he would get in these big uh, arguments like with letters back and forth with Sherwood Schwartz and say, there cannot be a pie fight. <laughs> like, 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 you cannot have a family in a house and all of a sudden go into slapstick. And Sherwood Schwartz said, we're making a TV show. We're having a good time. Like, no, but there's, there's rules that have to be adhered to. Yeah. And he was determined to keep there to be logic within the world of the Brady Bunch. But, like, the audience, like, I, I love the pie fights on the Brady Bunch. It was great. <laughs> but, well, but, you know, I think it's also, in the, in the case of the movies, it, it was an interesting time because I think that period around the 80s, the beginning of the 80s, mid-80s, was the last time you could really do a movie like Better Off Dead and have it be produced by a major film company and released in theaters with these actors in it who, you know, I mean, John Cusack was not anybody who anyone really knew at the time. And certainly none of the rest of it. Kim Darby was probably the biggest star among us, you know. Who is that? Kim Darby. You don't know who Kim Darby is? No, who's Kim Darby? I love that you don't know. (laughs) Kim Darby was in the original, she played Cusack's mother. In oh, okay. Lane's mother in Better Off Dead, and she was the original 
girl in uh, in True Grit, the John Wayne oh, True Grit. Was it right? Yeah. 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 She's French dressing and French fries? Yeah. French fries. <laughs> that's yeah. her? Yeah, that's her. I yeah. quoted that a couple days ago. Yeah. Oh, we just saw her. I mean, we just did a reading. Well, she's the little girl in True Grit with in John Wayne. In True Grit Wayne. with John Wayne. I did yeah. not know that. That's well, amazing. see, there you are. You learned something. That's tonight. really cool. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I don't know who I'd be if I hadn't if I didn't have that movie in my life. I I, I that the John Cusack's <laughs> character in that movie lived in a house that was roughly the size of mine. Um, it looked like a little, real house. Too. It, 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 his, he had like the he didn't have the problems I had, but he lived in a world that I did in that I felt completely alienated. It was better expressed by that director than God bless him for for all of his incredibly important work, John Hughes. Who, but 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 I mean like it was more poignantly expressed through an absurdist lens by this more punk rock director who's saying like let's go more extreme with this if i like, like let's just say i want to kill myself let's right. have me try to kill myself right let's 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 express how i feel through animation let's express how i feel through through characters that could not exist in real life like like coming at me that the, the, the net result will be that i feel beleaguered um that but, i feel but, that know, i feel also, like I'm, also so to go well into put. To uh, to voiceover narration when the uh, when the when the two Asian guys come up the uh, right the, 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 uh, are you asking who did that no no I'm saying, like, just to just the, to, the just, fact that it just happened just to do that is this is hilarious yeah I and, know. and also you you know it's coming back for the third time you, like you, when, the second time it happens like it's gonna happen a third time and it's gonna be at a great point in the movie yeah and, and, and the, I want my two dollars that has to pay off and all yeah. these little things have right. to keep recurring it's it's wonderful yeah. Ah, better off dead. Now, okay, I, now not not to be a jerk because I I, I I get to work with very frequently and I love him to pieces and we've talked about it quite a bit and he has wonderful stories as Joel Murray. Oh yeah, oh. Got, and he said the shooting of uh, One Crazy Summer that you guys were in Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard or where yeah. were you guys? We were in, and he's got action. awesome like ribald. Sexy oh, yeah. stories about what you guys got to do. Well, like, I, I I was not in that. I'm not in. The, I'm noticeably not in any you of in those that stories. No, no, I'm in the movie. Yeah, but I wasn't in any of the sexy reboots. <laughs> <laughs> I missed. I missed all of those. I was. You know, no kidding. That's too bad because he yeah. has some really. I know. He has some I know. doozies. <laughs> yeah, Joel did great. You know. <laughs> Bill's Bill's younger brother, yeah. you know, he yeah, he's, okay. he's the youngest of the Murray brothers. He's number nine out of nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, because it it happened on Twitter, so you could tell the story, right? Well, that you were just telling me about the the Kuzak. Uh, oh, it just interesting story. Yeah, that uh, you know this. I mean, I, of course, many of you here have not actually seen Better Off Dead, but um, <laughs> the legend is that Kuzak not hated a, the not, movie, not a fan of the movie. And I and, will uh, I will I, I, let me lend this because I, I you're not talking about school. I am. Rob Schraub was up to direct Hot Tub Time Machine long ago. He had a meeting with Kuzak where he Rob Rob's going to be very angry at me about that. Like, <laughs> like, like, like he came back from that meeting. I, I I won't go into specifics, but he had a conversation where that he came away from saying, "Oh my God, John Kuzak doesn't like Better Upset." Okay. So 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 right. it's, it's it's it's, it's out a, there. It's it's out there that he he was not happy with the movie, and then we had to make a second movie. The following year, we made a second movie with almost the same cast. Because it was like a two-picture deal, or yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was supposedly the first two of three movies. And the legend that I've heard is that Kuzak had not seen Better Off Dead. No, that's not true. That's uh, not true. He had the, seen it. Okay, that He'd there was a, a before they started shooting um, uh, uh, One Crazy oh, Summer. You know what? I there think was a screening of Better Off Dead. That happened. That might have happened because I wasn't uh, in Nantucket when they started filming, so they may have screened it there. 
And so that, that there was like that this, may, then this, this, this new but director. Was like I this. knew that he was he had not been happy with the the movie. The, so so they're, movie. they're starting one crazy summer. So they're editor, starting like. a second movie with the same director and an actor who is not happy with the first movie is what you know appeared to be the case. And over the years, the legends have have. Yeah, I mean, it's just gotten ridiculous where everybody says, "Well, you know, not only does he hate it." But he abuses people who refer to it. Uh, and he actually, if he's handed something to sign and it has something to do with Better Off Dead, he will tear it up and throw it away. I mean, the stories became legendary. Are those verifiable? Is that all legendary? No, okay. no. It's just I, I heard he, I, I heard he stabbed stories. a child one time. Is that true? Because his That's name right. was little, his name was Betty. His name was Lane. And said, "I want my two dollars as a joke." <laughs> <laughs> no, these are the kinds of things. And well, okay, the end of the story, as you're asking for, is that we did a, a, this reading three weeks ago in San Francisco for Sketchfest, and. It was Savage was there, and a bunch of us from the movie, Kim Darby, Diane Franklin, Amanda Weiss, we were all there, and we were reading the script. Reading Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead. But Cusack is not there. So the next day, I'm getting all of these Twitter questions from people saying, where's Cusack? Why wasn't Cusack there? Why didn't you invite Cusack? That's bullshit, man. <laughs> you should have had Cusack there. It was his movie and all this stuff and going on and on. And I usually don't respond to that kind of thing, but I finally wrote a, Twitter, a tweet and said... Um, you know, John's not a fan of the film. Uh -oh. And that's the truth. So that's why he wasn't there. It's not like we didn't want him there. We would have loved to have had him. He doesn't like the movie. Ten minutes later, John Cusack <laughs> tweets, not true. <laughs> <laughs> I love Twitter so fucking much. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't be here without uh, for Twitter. Wait, wait, wait. So I know, and so is that just it? Him? Winds up, John and I. I have not spoken to John in twenty-five years, probably, and. We well, never because he loved the movie so much. Yeah. Huh? He loved the movie so much. To talk to, to, talk to his I mean, co-stars would be to tamper with that memory. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's just, you know, you don't. I mean, you move on in your life, and you yeah. just don't, you know, you don't live in each other's pants, exactly. It's just, uh, <laughs> it, you move on. So, so... But it's an it's old vaudeville expression. Time. Um, but it's, it's been a long time. And we don't follow each other on Twitter. So... Suddenly, he's following me on Twitter, so I follow him on Because he Twitter. must have got Zoomed by a thousand tweets. Like, of right course, there, yeah. of course. And then uh, we start direct messaging about it. And it was so wonderful to hear, <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever his feelings had been, you know, he was, it was really great to, to get some nice... What was the, what was the kind of the the the, the takeaway uh, from that conversation you know, was? He just I mean he says uh, you know I hated the music. I remember he said that he hated the music. <laughs> and I thought well that's eighties music. I mean I, I hate everybody hates eighties music. But was he sort of like was the when you who sent the first direct message? Uh, I'm like uh, a fourteen year old girl right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, or he, boy, he, he sent he sent the first one because what what happened was he sent this out a regular uh, tweet, right. but he tagged me. Right. So when I followed him, he saw me. Right. So he followed me, and then he followed up on his initial tweet, 
right. in which he said more about what you know what his feelings were. So he, which I don't know, feel who sent the first direct message to, to he did to me to you following up. That's following what, what he had he, already. He's saying, tweeted. "Hey, hey, Curtis, just so you know, like I really, I really love that movie." Or, no, no, he no, didn't no. say that. It, that it, it was it was subtler than that. It was more like, "Just so you know, you know, uh, it's a big mistake to spread rumors about the coos." Well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> if you mess with the coos, you, you know get the Joel sack. Murray did what you did five years ago, and now he's doing improv with Jeff Davis. <laughs> I will bury you. <laughs> oh God! So he didn't come out and say no, re- re- retract that he at one point. No, 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 had, no. Look, had... you know what? There's it's all you know. What what winds up happening is, and I said this. When I when I messaged him back, I said, "This is what happens when you when you communicate through you know playing telephone." All right. You know, to use a really old thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's older than that. Chinese telephone. We said we. I said, you know, you say one thing, somebody then comes to me and says, "Did you hear what he said?" And I go, "Oh, geez, he said that." And then it goes back and forth and back and forth. And that was right. the way. That was the way it so went. So, how are things left with you and he? Uh, fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. You I guys, mean, it, you guys yeah. gonna hang out? No. You gonna? Are you gonna help no, him ski the four like, K? The we're two, the five twelve K. Twelve K. Twelve K. Now the twelve K, dude. When I hear, <laughs> I mean, this is just me projecting onto him. He even does my voice. It's a little scary. <laughs> well, no, it's unintentional. I, no, no, it was. I, I kind of sound like you, regardless. Well. <laughs> the twelve K, dude. It's not that. Believe me, it's funnier in context. <laughs> um, th- there's that scene when he's making the burgers and Van Halen starts singing that terrible... It's not a good Van Halen song, by the way, for my money. And he starts doing animation with the burgers and the thing. And right. If, if there was a, a scene, if I were John Cusack and I looked back at a screening of that, I, I would not be proud of that scene because it's pretty pretty ham bone. Yeah. And so if he, when I hear him say he doesn't like the music, I think he's embarrassed about that one scene more... more well, that could be, but that takes me into a whole area that I can't even comment yeah. on. But yeah. it, and that also makes me wonder. Well, how does he feel about tape heads? Is he is he like a he must be like a hipster? Like he must love tape heads. I can't. I have no idea what he likes. Because I just remembered like. tape heads, like which was an I remember cult, that with like, like, Timothy uh, and I, and I bet that had a lot more street cred with like music. Well, it was an independent. It was an independent movie. I was working for that company when it was made, actually. And that was a you know sort of low budget, independent, edgy movie of the time. And Tim Robbins. It was How is it that you? So so that so you you're this guy in Better Off Dead. Which by the way, what order is that in? When are you booger in relation to Better Off Dead? I don't even know. It goes it, it goes uh, it goes uh, Revenge of the Nerds and Better Off Dead the same year. Okay. But Better Off Dead second. So my confusion is forgivable. Yes. Um, the um, but and then there's so were you. What what? How does that? I want to hear the kind of story about you going from. I think every actor has that that fork on the road career story, mm. or your your one bedroom apartment, and you're thinking of moving back to. Where are you from, by the way? 
I'm I'm from Detroit. Okay, so you're you're in LA. I'm assuming you're. No, I was in New York then. Okay, uh, actually, but so but, what's uh, the what's the what's the threshold? What's the red light that you don't hit? I think the... it was it was moonlighting. Actually, it was none of those. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, that's right. You're moonlighting. Well, I know. I mean, but that was. <laughs> God damn! I forgot about that. That was I fucking love that joke. That's not that's not fair though. I knew that I was gonna. Talk I about... didn't know. I forgot about but, it. But that's <laughs> that's so way cool. after. What do you? That's that's huh? after all that. Yeah, stuff. I know. But, but I but I was still living in New York the whole time, and I would do the movies. You know, I have to realize. You're telling I, me that in your in your in my head, this is how, how this is what I was thinking. This will give you a great idea because I started in the theater. Okay, so I was working like from mid seventies to my first movie, which was Risky Business, which was the year oh, before. I've, Risky okay? Business, I forgot. I'm, I knew that one. I, okay. How can I forget that? Now, you had the, 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 the yeah. line of, that defines Risky Business. Right. And this is Risky Business, man. <laughs> That's kind of like that. Jesus Christ, this business is risky. <laughs> Do you have any idea how risky this business is? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were in it. I was, I was in it. I was in that, and but... This business is pure risk. <laughs> they put me in that movie, and I thought it was the only movie I would ever make because I was not thinking in terms of movies. I was thinking in terms of stage. So when I did Risky Business, I kept a journal every day that I was on the movie for 11 weeks or 10 weeks, only because I wanted to remember what making a movie was like. <laughs> wow. I really thought I would then just go back to doing, you know, regional theater and doing you know, stuff in New York and that, and that was going to be it. Are you a song and dance man, or no. are you just a dramatic? No. You, you want to play Willie Loman? You want to? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I just do the same rubbish on stage that I do on film. Uh, the um, so okay, so was risk? Where, where was risky business in this? Better off dead slash eighty three was risky business. Eighty four was Revenge of the Nerds. Better off dead. Oh, okay. God damn it! I come risky business out of nowhere. I, I, anyway, which... my point is that all of the what all of that was going on in the the movies, the movie things, it was only when I got moonlighting that I actually was out here and working here and realizing I couldn't go anywhere right. because we were working, you know, 10 months out of So the you've year. always been sort of like on on shore leave from right. the stage. Yeah. And your, Not now. Your I, don't mind, even, I, I mean, it's hard for me to even think about that's it That's so funny because, I mean, you were, you were Booger slash uh, right. Charles Dumar. And uh, and then I yeah at some point I bothered to see risky business but it was about like sexy people um, and I, I it wasn't right I forgot that you were in that and um, like and I moonlighting was my favorite show and I was watching it every night and and I remember when you arrived as Mr Pesto's uh, lover and uh, and I and I remember thinking like ah fuck him he sold out right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but you were thinking, and so it begins. <laughs> I guess I'm not going back was, to the stage. I was thinking, I now have more than two hundred dollars. Right, because <laughs> you're just doing these movies that were, yeah. That's uh, despite their cultural efficacy. You're yeah, just, I mean, like, now it seems up. like I must have been just making a fortune, <laughs> and I, I that's, wasn't. Yeah, that's everyone's perception of everyone they right. uh, they see on screen. Yeah. Wow. All right. No, that's uh, that's why it was so. I mean, because in a, you know you do those movies, and I did maybe six movies in the whole decade, six or seven movies, and that was it. Everything else I was doing was stage. That you know there was no money at all. 
Do you have anywhere to be? When? Now? Tonight. No, I was going to be here with you. Right. I sort of, I sort of cleared my. You don't family. have a heart out, do you? This is no, the, I don't. This is the point out. where Dan's afraid to, uh, to keep his guest as much as he wants you to stay. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and I'm, so, I, I'm, I'm still good if you're. Okay. If you're good. Yes, well, you, you're, you're allowed to fuck straight off if you want to go, but we would love to have you stay if yeah, you, yeah. if you could. No, so I mean, I'm going to bring uh, out my, uh, my, some of my other. Um, Thank you. Uh, uh, let's. Uh, is Spencer back there? Spencer, Spencer are you in the house? All right, Spencer, everybody. Spencer Chris. Spencer. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, it's great to be here. Spencer, Spencer did you willfully ignore the, the most important high five of my life? Wait, what are you talking I about? I just hung a high five out there and you walked right by. Oh, I thought you were like, yay, Spencer, <laughs> yay. Uh, yes, but I wanted to make physical contact. I always want to make physical contact All right, with well, you, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you after the show. Then, yeah! Yay! Spencer, were you affected in your uh, upbringing by any of Curtis Armstrong's uh, <laughs> oeuvre? oeuvre? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> Like, when I was in uh, middle school, I remember there was these kids talking about this movie, and I was like, that sounds like the best movie I've ever heard. And uh, it was Revenge of the Nerds, and it influenced my life. Right. <laughs> it almost sounds like the answer he'd have if he was just trying to stay out of trouble. Right, exactly. <laughs> I definitely remember, now that you guys bring it up, that kids in middle school were talking about it, and I was like, that sounds crazy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really watch movies. Uh, I hate to admit it, but yeah, it's a it's a huge problem in my life because everyone's all like, "Oh, it's like a risky business," and I'm like, "I don't know what you mean. Why is why is this guy wearing underwear?" I don't. You miss all these all these reference points. I don't know. What what are you guys up to? <laughs> There was at least an entire just, episode of Moonlighting where it was you and Mr. Pesto, uh, uh, because it was like, oh, that, that would happen a lot in broadcast TV back then. I remember an episode yeah. of Miami Vice when Crockett and Tubbs nowhere to be found, and right. there were just two guys yeah, those were always those were always the episodes at Christmas when the stars got to leave, like on December 1st, and they had no one to film, so they would film us, and that, that how, was what that was. How is Sybil Shepard to work with, if I may ask? Well, uh, I never had a problem with Sybil Shepherd actually. Because she's, she was a bit notorious later on. I, I don't know about well, that. Well, I, I, they were both notorious, uh, actually, um, at different points. But, uh, but I never had a problem, you know, as yeah. far as acting. I never had a problem. I love that show. I, my I favorite memory of that is we, my family all watched that. We didn't watch a lot of shows all as a family. But uh, we watched it together. But every time Sybil Shepherd was on screen, it was so... Gauzed out, like she had this incredible. Well, they would, yeah, they would joke about that on the show. Yeah, like, like, they was, did. Yeah. They made a joke about her fil the filters. Yeah, she came, she came out in the into the office. Well, you know and what? Saw the camera. Jerry and then held, Fennerman, like Jerry Fennerman was the DP on Moonlighting. He was the DP on the original Star Trek. And if you watch the original Star Trek, every time there's a beautiful alien woman, <laughs> it, it you know there will be Kirk, and it's just Kirk. Yeah. And then it goes to her close up, and it's like she's. Uh, you, you can barely see yeah, her. Somebody just rubbed, rubbed Vaseline all the over Vaseline the Vaseline yeah. that they've got on the lens, and it was it was uh, it was Jerry Fennerman's sort of his uh, signature, and yeah. so he was still doing it in the '80s when it was actually now Some probably not such a good idea. 
Some walk by oh, very good. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Very good. Now, uh, we, we've see, I got that. We, we've mentioned uh, nerddom, Star oh. Trek, and uh, and a bunch of things. We haven't even talked about Leonard Nimoy, man. I know. Oh, Leonard Nimoy passed. Yeah. That's a, a, I mean, a, a life well lived. That's one of those mission accomplished deaths. Yep. That's like, oh, great to live forever, but we were, you know, 15 years ago, we had made our peace. Um, <laughs> Well, I expected you to laugh. I, I didn't expect. <laughs> it sounds that, like that, I don't know, man. that one landed on the foul line. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it was supposed to land so far out that it was funny. Like I was supposed to. Like I was supposed to. I was making fun of yeah. myself. Instead of sounding like you wished him dead 15 years ago. Yeah. It may be too soon, man. <laughs> I uh, no. I mean, it's uh, it's. But what a what a yeah it's I, the the end, end of an era for sure. Yeah. Like, Spencer, you know. did did uh, original series Star Trek ever cross your path? Uh, you no, but I did enjoy that ballad of uh, Bilbo Baggins there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that it, from his second album. <laughs> his best, two in my sides opinion. of Leonard Nimoy. Is uh, two yeah, si- I, yeah, I two consider sides it. Of, uh, I consider it kind of his Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> the two right. sides of Leonard Nimoy was depicted graphically. Like, was it like like you know Leonard Nimoy is this like Vulcanesque guy? It was exactly. The album was called Two Sides of Leonard Nimoy, and it, two pictures in profile: one of Leonard as a as Leonard, and the other as Spock. Yeah. There's a great photo that Proop sent me today. It's uh, it's him in a turtleneck hanging out with Jimi Hendrix, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, you like, see, you, when that that that's weird, isn't yeah. it? That there was a time but also, when Jim, those things. Jimmy looks more excited to be with Leonard Nimoy than vice versa. I, I well, can you imagine being like 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 and being alive at a time like working at a time when Star Trek was on the air or it was was like and then Spock walking into a party like are you fucking kidding me yeah like we get excited about Jeff Goldblum like oh he's kind of the Spock of Jurassic Park I don't know (laughs) like it's not there's nothing like like I mean Spock walked in the door that must have been amazing like like, specifically Leonard Nimoy like such a Crazy, like like a like, striking looking guy. Uh, oh, I, I uh, it's nine eleven, and uh, don't we have a? Tra- are we, were we going to do a new tradition at nine eleven? What was it? I uh, forget. It was make a wish. Oh yeah, what's, what's your nine eleven wish? I wish I wish for no more nine elevens. But all right, let's forget that. Uh, we'll put I, I wish I wish Leonard Nimoy dropped dead fifteen years ago. <laughs> Curtis, do you, you want to make see, a wish? It's still 9-11. <laughs> make, make your 9-11 wish before it's over. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. I, uh, that's too much pressure for me. <laughs> Spencer, you get a 9-11 wish? I just want to be... We didn't actually settle. That was one of the pitches was to make a wish, but was that there? was not where we settled. I thought there was one that I was jazzed not. to more than a wish. Yeah, yeah exactly. There was... Uh, there. I don't know what it is. Uh, Anybody just, recall from last week? I just love just killing momentum. Whoa. Wow. wow. Oh. It just, wow. It's just—it's more of an I, opportunity. Nine Eleven, Nine Eleven. I just made it. I just made a new wish, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, did Did my wife ever make it here? Is she? Uh, yeah. In the back Is Aaron? Here? Aaron, you here? Aaron. Aaron McGathey to the stage. the reason why we watch your show in bed with our dogs, our many dogs. And, <laughs> we have uh, a very specific uh, fetish. 
<laughs> it was just outlined. That's a really specific one, it though. Is. Curtis, I heard that not all of your summers have been sane. Yeah. Curtis was in one crazy summer. Did you guys bring that, that up already? Yeah, we uh, we did actually. Oh, I'm we so talked sorry. about that, but that's all right. Um, it's, the it's, it, takes a long time. It's, it's nice burger. to know that you were uh, listening to the show. <sighs> I, I, me and my best friend Kimber, who's backstage, we we got some burgers. We ordered them at so, some boogers, some booger burgers. Where'd you booger get the burgers out? from? That's Pike. what I want to know. I don't know why in that moment I, I thought you were you were uh, talking about. Yeah, because I, I can't see him. So when that voice comes out, I it all. It, so it's a I real. It's a real layout issue. No, where'd the burgers come from? Uh, we, we, I'm sorry I brought it up. It's very boring. We ordered burgers from the Pikey, thinking that we would get them before eight o'clock, and we didn't. That's not so. boring at all. <laughs> that's, that story is a rich tapestry. That's really that's a Navajo quilt. I'm very, of, I'm very embarrassed uh, about about my my one crazy summer joke because I was about to come in and I'm like they haven't even mentioned one crazy summer. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> gonna be real we covered cool. that first actually. Oh boy. Uh, well, this it's is right. one boring spring. Oh, there's a segment I'd like to do. I'd like to add a segment that comes after 9/11. Uh, called Dan, Dan's Dan's uh, Dan's getting tipsy. Uh, play the theme music. Because this now is my favorite song of all time. From the morning to the night, you're gonna drink, 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 drink. Family, family. Right. So I just want to. Like, like, there's always going to come a point, obviously, in the show, and I've because I drink throughout the show, and I, I start to, I start to lose control, <laughs> and start to regret, like, then the, the things, the reason I don't listen to the show, then the next night. But I were you the, drinking before the show? I, what I wanted to say is, no, I wasn't drinking. You, you, what, what, what are you, uh, Doctor Drew? I'm just saying. <laughs> were you, were you easing as? A, no, I was in the edit bay, but I just sit here. It's glasses yeah, of vodka. So you, you sit down and you start the earnest I drinking. I start to get a little, a little buzz, and then, and then I start to think i just wanted to say curtis you look so great on the show on the uh, on the king of the nerds show you look so activated and glowing and happy and handsome and like 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 delivering so much that's it's why i great. want people to watch the show you're so yeah because i look much better than i do here this was <laughs> this I, spencer I, spencer my, my uh my molly just kicked in so i want to tell you this <laughs> there's a segment for that too <laughs> everyone's everyone's drugs are kicking in <laughs> Uh, I, no, I, 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 I will. Uh, this is this is very dumb, but I think maybe I'll call it ten years ago, give or take. Uh, I was at a Chipotle on Sunset Boulevard, and you were in front of me, and I wanted to hug you because I because I, I was like, "There's there's Curtis." I was so happy, and I was too I was too uh, shy to say hello, but uh, I was very happy to be standing behind Curtis Armstrong at the Chipotle. I I think I it was a different word to say. Baja Fresh. It was a Baja Fresh. Okay. <laughs> now do you remember? That tracks. Oh, the, uh, the Baja Fresh. Yeah, right. Yes. I was the guy oh, right behind you. You were the guy behind me I that time. Guy. I was the guy. You know why I remember? Yeah. It was the only time I ever went into that place. Yeah, exactly. So because it's I such a risky in. business. <laughs> And it was that was, the, that was the right response. That was pretty crazy. That was pretty crazy. When your business doesn't have insurance on, it <laughs> it uh, is taking certain gambles on the lawn. Beep beep. Financial risk. Everybody's gonna do it. Risky business. 
Curtis? Uh, yeah, Curtis, you're so you're so joyful on that show, and you 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 clearly are, are super into it. Has anybody brought up your rap, your TBS rap? My rap? No, yeah. no one brought it up. Uh, you have a it, rap? Yeah, I think it's called On Fridays. Well, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what it was called. Is anybody familiar with Curtis's rap? I'm going to try it. He probably is. Uh, oh, it's, uh, no, you know what? It was, King of the Nerds. King, of the, King nerds. of the Nerds on Fridays. TBS on Fridays. Nine o'clock. The King of the Nerds. The King of the Nerds. The King of the Nerds. The Nerds is back. In the nerdiest nerd town. Nerds, new night, new nerds intact. The ultimate nerds and the ultimate showdown. Come out for the ultimate nerd crown. King yeah. of the nerds. Something like that. Uh, hashtag something. You know, hashtag nerds nerd rule. School. Wish you would have known back in high, high school. school. Yeah. Wow. I kind of I kind of feel bad that I kind of feel bad that MC uh, MC John didn't sit in on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, that. <laughs> Dan has a, has a new rap character that. Uh, well, and I'm expecting you know Kanye to come out here any second. <laughs> <laughs> also, Curtis, you you've you've been uh, uh, you you've you've exposed a lot of skin this season. How do you feel I got about naked. that? Was that, <laughs> I got was that naked. your pitch or was that what was the? Yeah, it was the only time I've ever actually appeared in front of people without any yeah. clothes on. So we had a theory about that. What was? Because you're you're so you're EPing the show with Carradine. Yeah, he seems a little like. Can we talk about Bobby? He like does he seem he, he seems less invested in the show than you? Oh no 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 not at all no he's he's absolutely it's just I mean you know you have two people if we were both doing exactly the same thing that would be right you know, oh so he so he does so, what he so does he and said, then I do what get I do naked and you're but, like yeah I'll yeah get naked. no no we, we, you know they, we just we had to get naked because I had to get naked because I will do anything <laughs> and they were trying to figure out it was. Well, I mean, within Bra. limits. Um, cool it. But they were, um, they, we needed to explain why, the, uh, this is so stupid, but we, it was actually just because we needed to explain why the nerds were not going to pick their teams this year. <laughs> I mean, you and didn't have to do said, it. You did, I mean, it's great. But it, but it, somebody but said, good. Good. Some, one, of the, one of the showrunners said, what about if we do Terminator and you show up naked from the future to explain why the nerds can't do this. So I said, great! It was, it was like... It know, was fantastic. It yeah. was a great idea. I, I was worried it was not going to pay off until the end of the season that you guys were trying to do like a seasonal thing. Like this was the well, we, season we've when... We've done it now. I mean, we did it, you know, after the first season, we came back with, a, with an explanation. We have to figure out why the king is dead. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> no, we but, do. But, but, but it's very nerdy of you to do it. You don't have to do it. No, it's it's, true. The Bachelor never says like... No. Uh, we ran out of roses on the first season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we gave them no. Oh, yeah, we had to put them down. That's why we're different. But I guess they're not saying it's the king of married people on that show. Like right. they're just saying you two are married. Fuck off. And you're saying it's the king of the nerds. No, I love that. Oh, I Each like season it. begins fine. with the reason why the king of the nerds is now gone, and there so we have to, to get a new king, king. And it has to, you know, it's a science fiction thing or a with those bits. Like, like this is the third season. Have there been any that you've regretted? Oh, what you mean, nerds? No. Or, oh, well, sure. Uh, no, no, no the, your uh, your your bits like the Terminator. Oh no, no, no! Bits. I don't regret anything. Oh, that's good. I but mean, you've I... regretted some of the nerds. 
No, no, I don't regret them either. I thought <laughs> if that's what you were going to ask, I was going to say, no, I, I don't have any regrets about the nerds. And I have no regrets about anything I've ever done. Do you have any regrets, in, right. do you have any regrets in life? He just, he just said, said no, you, you fucking asshole. Well, no. <laughs> He's talking about the Hang show. on, guys. Wait a minute. He was asking about life. I was saying that I don't have any regrets about my career. Oh, okay. I mean, you know. I just thought he should regret that question. Well, I mean, he... Yeah. I, li- I like you, re- regret nothing. No, what? I'm kidding. I-, I regret nothing. I don't regret asking that question. Bullshit. Fuck you. Yeah. All right. Now, do you regret saying bullshit? No. Uh, so- Never, Let's not acknowledge this yeah. asshole that keeps on talking in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, who got away? Did you ha- ever have any romances with any co-stars? Oh, what on on the sh- you have to be more specific. Well, oh, you mean I mean in your like you on, on, on the, the movies like when you were wearing that Dickensian cap um, and Better Off Dead or oh my my little top hat. Um, oh, that was a I big have, top hat, Curtis. Have I never have I ever had romances on jobs? You mean yes. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> or what, what was that cool? <laughs> At the is there time. any? You don't have to say whom, but is there anyone that's like a very like a Diane Keaton, where you're like, I I know what it looks like. Like, is there <laughs> is there any? No, no, there's nothing like that. Nothing like that. It could be anything. Curtis, do you know what Diane Keaton's vag looks like? <laughs> it has it has a very tasteful vest. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying Diane Keaton's vagina dresses up like Annie Hall? I'm saying Diane Keaton's vagina dresses up like Diane Keaton, who dresses up like Annie Hall. She's not always in a vest. No, she's not, but that was... uh... King of the nerds! King King of the the nerds! nerds. King of the the nerds nerds on Fridays! All right. All right, so... uh... Thanks for doing that because it gives me a chance to say it's on Friday. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're still running at and this And it's point. doing well in the ratings It's now. doing well in the ratings, yeah. Uh, which is a relief. It is for me. Because it's on TBS and you can't tell. I don't know what it, from when I'm watching the show. Uh, usually in the old days in TV, you'd go like, well, obviously Manimal is killing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because now the, now the peacock has a fin on it and, <laughs> because it turns into a shark. And, uh, like, like, Wait, like, th- are you joking about that? Did Manimal morph the peacock into other a- animals? No. God damn, that would be great. <laughs> no, because Manimal never killed. I used to. Like, have a, I used to. Have, you, you ever pretend to be Manimal? Where I, I would. I would do a thing where I put my hand on my desk and make my finger pulse. And there was. The, remember, Manimal is like this kind of. Yeah. Just gonna hand would puff out. I had a. I had a Manimal trick when I was a kid. Jack, Jack, Jack Black. Uh, I think I've told this uh, on the on the show. Jack Black was when we were doing Heat Vision and Jack. We were swapping stories about like. The influence of Six Million Dollar Man, and he said that he would, uh, yeah, he would he would go to school. I just talked about this, didn't I, no, on this podcast? No. Uh, he he would when he was in sixth grade, he would because he loved Six Million Dollar Man so much, he would sometimes tuck wires, electrical wires, into his sleeve, <laughs> and go to class and wait for in his peripheral vision for another kid to like s- possibly see the wires, but not look at the kid and just like hide the wires. <laughs> Because he was that into, you know, That's he wanted great. to be a secret robot. Wow. Yeah. 
It's like, such a like. I did something like that. Do you want to hear what mine was? Uh huh. Because I I wasn't into six million dollar man. Because, but I just did you wasn't pretend to be? <laughs> was that that same guy who yeah. keeps asking it's questions? Like a, it's a, it's, okay, I didn't like it. Okay, um, <laughs> but what I did, I did. I loved Sherlock Holmes though. Ooh. I was really into Sherlock like Holmes. Like what? In what incarnation? The just the, the books. books. Wow. And um, a real so, nerd. Yeah, and um, my bedroom overlooked the street uh, of uh, outside my parents' house. And so what I would do, because I couldn't get dates and I had no friends, so I would lower my shade and light myself from behind. And then this, this friend of mine had given me... No. Stop, let me finish. I know. So this friend I know, of mine... I, I know where you're headed, Curtis. <laughs> ...had given me a violin, <laughs> which had no strings... And I would stand in front of the shade and pretend to play the violin. That's called home aloneing. Hoping somebody would walk by and go, boy, he's really more interesting than I thought. <laughs> that is. I so actually did that. Was that based on an image that was described in by the books, Conan yes. Doyle? Yeah, the... so he's walking, you know, that aquiline figure walking past the shade. I would do that only because my figure was not really. <laughs> I mean, you know from the side, would... I have no nose at all. I mean, it, you can see it when I'm facing you, but when you go to the side, I have no profile. Now, when you when you when you and picture Sherlock Holmes, do you picture one of the actors from the films, or do you, do you have no? Your own I image? picture what I saw in my head when I first read the books. Who, who would that look like? It doesn't look like anybody that is in any of the movies. Yeah, that's a great way to read. John Cusack. Yeah. John Cusack. Right. John Cusack. Yeah. I, yeah. I as I, when when that Sherlock Holmes movie came out with Robert Downey Jr., I was amazed to see a sequence in that movie that I had written into a script for the Heat Vision and Jack movie as a joke, which is that uh, the idea that I, if you can get so intelligent uh, that you can know how to beat somebody up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that was the joke in the Heat Vision and Jack movie is that he would like get super intelligent and then he'd be like, uh, you know, describing with diagrams the way that he would punch people. And it's like, and then they did it for real and they made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cared. Nobody laughed. Nobody, everyone just went, here's my money. I, I love that he's so smart he can beat you up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, I, I was introduced to uh, Revenge of the Nerds as a camp counselor. Um, I had to uh, chaperone a bus of a bunch of kids going to uh, compete in a like soccer game, and, like all these this sports competition, even though I wasn't a sports counselor. And the the most jockey, most handsome counselor was like, "We got, I got to show you guys this movie because we got to watch movies on the buses." So this other counselor played Revenge of the Nerds, and it was such a crisis of self as like an uncomfortable teenager, like all these jocks laughing at it, and the entire time I was like, "What? What? Did you explain to me what's funny? Is it funny because you're laughing at them, or like you feel nerdy inside, or what's happening?" It was like la the, the, it was just a strange. I remember uh, that too. Thing. Like all the kids were kind of like laughing, like they were like. They, they weren't nerds, but they loved that movie. They were like laughing. The, the funny at the thing movie. is, I over the years, I get approached by people all the time. Guys on the street will come up to me, and they are clearly jocks. I mean, they've got no neck. They've got buzz cuts and all this and the muscles and everything. And I mean, they're, I mean, they're ridiculous. They look so jockey. And they will come up to me and say, Revenge of the Nerds, right? I go, yeah, yeah. And they'll go, 
that movie meant a lot to me. <laughs> that was what my life was. And I'm thinking, I'm saying, thank you, thank you. That's very nice of you. And inside, I'm going, fuck you. <laughs> you beat up people like me. But then I started thinking over time, I was going, you know what? Even within the jock world, yeah. there's a pecking order. And it's possible that the guy that I'm talking to was the guy who they called Tiny. That's the thing. You know? yeah. Like I, I remember doing stand-up in like uh, it's, uh, in, in Michigan, and it was like talking to like these motorcycle guys. They were all like super intimidating, and it was like trying to intimidate me. And then there was this one guy, and they kept calling him Cage. And, like, there's Cage. Hey, Cage, you get you get the drinks. And Cage is like, all right. And then, <laughs> and then, and then throughout the night, like Cage, I was like, it was like, like Cage was more available to me. So I was like, so Cage. What's it like, like, like with this motorcycle group? And he's like, "Well, they do this," and they're like, "Hey, Cage, come on!" And, they, and he's like, "Fine." And then, and then, and then they, they started laughing. And like, "You don't like being called Cage, do you?" And and, and he's like, "No, I don't." And, and 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 I was like, "What? Why don't you like being called Cage? That's like badass." And he's like, "Cage is what you call a car. I can't drive a motorcycle anymore. I drive a car." <laughs> He was. They call it. They call cars cages because they're free. Wait, wait, wait. That's he wrong. thought that because they called him Cage, he wasn't allowed to drive a ride a no, motorcycle. No, no, no. They called him. They were teasing him. His name wasn't even Cage. He, had he lost like, the motorcycle license? Yeah, like yeah. he something had happened, oh, like, and he I couldn't see. drive the the motorcycle. And so wow. they were calling him like you know the equivalent of calling him like Lefty because he lost his right, right hand. He should have taken himself right. so seriously. Hey, Chef, my, the point no, being that, that, I mean, that, that no, it, you're right. That's no, the sure. Same well, and everybody, thing. it's very rare for like a cool jock to actually feel cool. Right. People that we think feel, or or it's all a continuum, and that the point is that everywhere you go, like there is no such thing. That's why the nerd movement eventually, the nerd movement, they say, once we started calling, gave a name to feeling like the other, it was only a matter of time before that would be mainstream because everyone feels like the other. There's not a no one that you've talked to, you go to your 20 year high school reunion, nobody self identifies as. Uh, normal. Nobody. No. Like, like yeah, there's true. a bunch of people that you thought picked on you, and that were all all represented the normal people. And within them, they were chewing each other to pieces, which is what we learned from Molly Ringwald and Breakfast Club. It's hard. There's, there's to be also popular. there's also a pride in what you know. I guess in the nerd community is that, that it does worship intelligence. It worships like knowledge, like information. I think it like, worships efficacy. Yeah. It's well, like, and it's obsession. I mean, yeah. it's obsession. You you acquire. Uh, even if you're not a, a PhD, you've acquired vast amounts of knowledge about whatever you are about, interested about in. At least one so specific thing. When yeah, you were yeah. saying something about the, you know, what's the uh, comic book guy doing on, you know, when you've got PhDs? Well, you know, the comic book guy, if you get him into a room with a PhD, is going to be able to whoop the PhD on comic book information. Right. So that makes that person intelligent in that way. Yeah. And that's yeah, everybody's got you know their thing, and when they when nerds become obsessive about something, they become brilliant. Have you ever played any? Should I uh, stop talking a while? Ago? <laughs> <laughs> Am I still talking? Curtis, have you ever played any role playing games? <laughs> it is. You ask such interesting questions. She doesn't mean sexually. She means like D and D. I'm not sure now. She doesn't mean. Have you ever broken in as a sexy burglar? <laughs> Every question she's asked me, I've had to have a follow-up because I'm not sure how to answer them. Role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons? No. Well, you're gonna. <laughs> you're about to right now. 
you're about to play a game called Shadowrun. Okay. <laughs> All right. So All right. Spencer is our uh, game master. He, Could I just uh, ask? So w- earlier when you said, "Do I have a hard out?" <laughs> if, if, you if, you said no, and I said no. I remember if, that. If I had said yes. You could, you then would, I wouldn't have had. You were uh, answering this, this question, yeah. Yep. Okay, you would yeah. be gone right now. You'd yeah, be I know. safe. I'd be, I, ho- I like I'd be home by now. Yep. <laughs> I like that you thought I just asked you if you role play. Like, well, I, you, <laughs> Curtis, excuse you me. Role play? You said, "Do you play role playing games?" Yeah, yeah. Also, That's you asked you him if he had sex with women. Yeah, like, like, That's right. He, I, I have put myself. So in you have position. asked a couple of questionable questions. All That's right. true, but you've been charged. Wait a minute. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> if I if this means I have to read something, you may be out of luck, pal. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Oh uh, no, I can probably. Well, read you this. need like glasses or yeah. But um, I mean, I never know what's going on on these pages. All right, you can uh, you can fake it. I mean, all I don't know if I can fake it. I may have to have somebody get my glasses from the other room. Oh, that's that's easy. Can we you have, do that? Uh, we have all can kinds. Can you have somebody of, uh, do that? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll my, find them. Yeah, they're in they? my coat. They're in my coat. They're in his coat. Is there, is there anything else in your coat I should know about before I go through your coat? No, and there better not be anything in my coat when I put it on later. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gross. See, <laughs> <laughs> this coat is okay. full of children's porn. So, wait a minute. Not porn of children, but porn that's owned by children. <laughs> porn that children would make if they, if you said, "Hey, make it's a porn like movie." A, it's like a crayon and a donut. It's a <laughs> and they just go on, down a slide together. <laughs> oh, new zine idea. Thank you. Um, okay, so. Um, it's just uh, this is your character has been handed to you. It's a it's a lot of it's a lot of little scrawly writing, of little statistics and things like they won't come into play unless you're asked. Like essentially, what it is is like it's improvised storytelling. With Spencer is the one that's in control of of anything that happens because he's the game master. So he's telling us what's happening, but each of us is a character. Okay, and there's no like high pressure to it because it's kind of turn-based and like you're not like that's taped so 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 he's he's letting us know what's going on and then there's a point where we can do something you can say oh Oh, oh, i I, see i walk up the street or i go over to the vending machine and i punch it or whatever you want to do and then spencer who's the referee and who understands the rules of the game he might say to you what's your agility and it's okay that it takes a half hour for you to go it's three because it's you find it somewhere on the sheet and you go it's three um, and that's basically how your it goes. agility. <laughs> yeah, what's that? That's an example. Yeah, that's the okay. question that's often asked me that I never have the answer to immediately. Okay. So, so in, in brief, uh, 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 like broad strokes, you're playing. Uh, you mean attribute? Your yes. attribute. I, I, I was. Just, <laughs> you said agility, but you meant attribute. Well, right? I was using. I was, no, I was riffing an example. Yes, of an attribute, agility, for instance. Yes, I was. Well, yeah, I'm not stupid. I was looking for. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, not but he's not I was stupid. looking for agility, the list of, of possible things for agility, and there's no agility, there's attributes. There's attributes, and then one of the attributes is agility. That's I was just I was just as, the, as an example. The, the second attribute down is agility. Oh agility. Yeah. yeah. I I've never thought of 
Ag- agility as an attribute? Agility as an attribute. All right, uh. never mind. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, Spencer, do you want to briefly uh, fill uh, Curtis in on what Kumail, what his character is for the evening? Uh, your character's a doctor. He has yeah. a gun. He could uh, heal people. Did you say you know. he has a gun? Yeah, like... <laughs> okay. Like a doctor. <laughs> Stupid me. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Yes. You guys are criminals. He has a, he has a gun. He thou, thou might do some harm. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, okay. Yeah, you guys are criminals. You do missions for, you know, criminal employers. Oh, so not a medical doctor. He's uh, he's like a doctor, kind of a- like doctor, doctor... Uh, Evil. It's, it's, it's He's a like doctor. Both. Like a you're like a street doctor. doctor. You like you. You work with criminals, and when criminals need medical help, you're the one that comes and. and oh, I'm the up. guy. Oh, I'm that guy. Yeah. You're like okay. a mob doctor. Okay, yeah. I'm the mob doctor. Yeah, and it's the future. We're kind of like the A team. <laughs> this is the future. This is set like 70 years in the future or so, and we're like kind of like the A team. We're a bunch of like. Like you okay. know, we're specialists in certain ways. Dan's very strong. Aaron's very like charming and charismatic, and can talk her way in and out of situations. I, I'm a I'm, I'm a magic user, so I can cast spells and shit like that. So right now we're looking for uh, a, a guy named uh, Baldwin Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And we're trying to capture this guy and bring him back to our to our our, our contact. So Spencer, if you would, why don't you give us a brief uh, how do you do's and uh, catch us up to date, please. All right. Last time on Shadow Run. Our heroes were in the warehouse looking for Baldwin Brown, but he was nowhere to be found. So together, our heroes tased a bunch of junkies and then slapped them awake and then asked them questions and then shoved RFID tags into their stomachs. Eve sent off a you know, Hawk spirit to find Baldwin, but he would not return in some time. Together, the heroes gathered up the illicit merchandise and headed off towards the neutral drop zone. That's all. All clear there. there. Uh, It's pretty... Thank you, Spencer. Yep. So pretty cut and dry there. Yep. Did we? I can't remember. Did we? we did we? We took a truck, right? The ladies are yeah. driving. You're and in the, a and truck. The fellas are Porter in the back. Guards driving. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and we, we're meeting up with our Johnson. Okay. Yep. And 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 Curtis's character, the doctor, we haven't encountered him yet, right? Oh, he's 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 been there. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I have yeah, been you there. have been. Yeah, with so us. we okay. don't we don't have Hortigard, and so I'm in the back of the truck with you, uh, uh, Jim Nightblade, who is Dan, and. Doctor, doctor, doc, doc friend, doctor friend, doctor friend, doctor friend. Yeah. friend that's probably up in the front, maybe with uh, with uh, mercy, right? Wherever yeah. he wants to be, man. Well, which is it? What part of the truck do you want to be in the back of the semi? Like, uh, like. No, I want to be shotgun. Okay, you're shotgun. <laughs> I mean, it seems appropriate. What's your agility? Uh, <laughs> my agility is four. All right, just checking. Just checking. Yeah. That's good. That's good time. <laughs> All right, so we're. Uh, I, I, I have and that's a, four out of ten. Like, uh, is that? A, is, I think it maxed out at like fifteen or something. Oh, fifteen. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're new. At this. I should be more than four then. But anyway, <laughs> we're just starting out, so we're. It's we're, your game. <laughs> no, oh, uh, you're a troll. Also, you're not like a human. You're a troll. Of that's, course. I should have mentioned that. A doctor gangster troll. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. It sounds like a Curtis Armstrong part, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right, I, I, through my comlink, I, I, uh, I, 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 we all have like a little, like, we can all communicate to each other through comlink. So I, I say to Mercy, Mercy, where are we headed? Uh, we're heading to, we're, we're going to the Johnson, right? Yeah. All yeah. right. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> we're going to the Johnson. I still have this photograph of uh, Brian. Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> of, uh, of Baldwin standing in front of a bathroom. So I'm looking at that. We're headed to the Johnson. Uh, I don't like any of it. <laughs> you've uh, you've been a problem this whole time, friend. friend. I can't I can't go against my training. Okay, friend. I I've I've been trying to help as much as I can, but I have to remember I am a doctor. <laughs> All right. All right. I respect your respect your integrity. Uh, how long does it take? It's us not to get- integrity. I've sold myself. I've sold myself to you people. <laughs> And if it, if it wasn't for him knowing what he knows, I'd walk away from all of this. Hey, hey, Nightblade. Yeah, what the fuck's Night, going Nightblade. on? Nightblade, what do, you, what do you got in this guy? What are you holding over his head? <laughs> what are you talking about? We're a crew, Nightblade. I don't want any blackmail happening behind our backs. This has got to be about trust. It's not about blackmail. It's about friendship and trust, something you guys wouldn't know about. <laughs> What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Ask a friend. All right, doctor, why don't you patch up your relationship while we get to the Johnson? Listen, doctor, I'll tell you one thing right now. Life on the sprawl is all about secrets. It's all about selling yourself. If we, if we had our way, we wouldn't be uh, committing crimes for a living, believe me. You know, I could always tell. You're different from them. <laughs> you are. You don't have to be here. I don't want. I, you could do better than this. I, I'm, a, I'm a magic elf that, that is, it's trained to use magic by, by Native Americans. I don't oh, want to. Come be, on, man. I'm a, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. Magic female elf. Woman. Yes. For God's sake. Yes. You're more than that. What, 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 what am I supposed to do? Just go back and hide in the woods and, and do what? I got to make a living somehow. Shh, shh. They're coming. <laughs> Doctor, Doctor, who's coming? Who's coming? Doctor, who's doctor, coming? The pull over the car! Pull over the car! We pull. We, we pull, can we pull over the car? Uh, yeah, Hortigar. I'm not driving. You're gonna stops. have to pull over the car. Hortigar does that. Oh, Hortigar's driving. Okay. Oh, sure I'm sorry. Is. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Doctor, real quick. Yeah. I'm not gonna forget what you said. No, we'll we'll have to talk later. Okay. <laughs> we can all hear you. It's a, like. I pulled over the car so you could talk privately, but I guess it doesn't matter. It's, Get back on the road, okay? Let's put. You it, just let's, had us pull over. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm flustered. We'd I, get there faster if we didn't keep pulling over. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, he he said they're coming. <laughs> Who's coming? And I guess it doesn't make it make sense that I pulled over if someone's coming. <laughs> that, that, they're coming. Let's meet them. <laughs> they right, seem nice. <laughs> okay, let's put a pin in this. I, 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 I don't want to invalidate your feelings. How, how, I will tell you the thing that I know about this guy that I, that I have over him. He thinks they're coming a lot. <laughs> I, uh, even when they're not. All right. Uh, that's right. How, what's our ETA to the Johnson uh, Yeah, what's up? our ETA to the Johnson hookup? Oh, once we get back on the road, it'll just be a couple minutes. Okay, we do, let's, 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 let's drive again. Ta- okay, no, we were driving. You just had us pull out. I know. I'm... <laughs> Now we're pulling. You know, 
Are they, are they coming again? No, it's... <laughs> the problem is that my thing about them coming... <laughs> I lost a patient because I was thinking about them coming. <laughs> All right, let's pull over. Let's pull and over that's why no, no, I have to work over. with gotta, these people. Can we just get to the thing? <laughs> can we just have one? Dr. Friend has said nothing for hours, and he waits until a crucial moment to uh, bring up past issues, and I feel like we should deal with this. Or okay, we here we are. We're pulling up in front of the Johnson. <laughs> so uh, you enter the parking lot, which is the location of the neutral drop zone. It's a fenced-off affair squished between a number of low buildings. The fence is covered in chains, but it stands wide open. Cars and trucks line the street outside the parking lot, and broken, damaged buildings line the sky. I don't know. Some of the buildings are lit up by orange light. No one is in the lot that you can see, but it's where you're supposed to meet. I get a bad feeling about this. Wait, are you doing your moonlighting impression? What is that? I get a bad feeling about this. Come out of the coast and have a few laughs. All right. <clears throat> Curtis, uh, just so you know, Dan's character is strongly influenced by, by Bruce Willis. So. Post-moonlighting Bruce Willis. Post-moonlighting, okay. <clears throat> uh, so, all right, so... Uh, it's, it's nighttime, right, Spencer? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to draw my weapon and get, get ready no, before it... I... What? <laughs> what? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't... I'm telling so, just Jim, you, you you always lead with force, and we don't know what's going on. And I'm get, I'm getting out of a truck in an abandoned vacant lot that we've been summoned to, that's loaded with uh, uh, special, uh, valuable goods. Okay. Sorry, I thought I was talking to the guy who uh, beat up a bunch of people for no reason previously. <laughs> One man's no reason is another man's uh, precaution. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yes, precisely. Thank you. That is what I was saying. So I'm just saying I'm drawing my Aries Predator or whatever it yeah. is, and I as I because I'm going to get out of the trailer now. I'm in, I've been in the back of a truck like a like 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 uh, like a like garbage. All right, you hop out of the trailer in the parking lot, the location of the neutral drop zone. You don't see anything around other than tons of cars and trucks that are just in the lot, parked. They uh, they lie still. Is anyone playing Hordegard? Oh, uh, I am. He's the guy we need to... Hordegard... Uh, I want to know if there's people in any of these cars and trucks. Oh, I detect a person. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where? There. He points in the direction of a truck. I'm going to put a spell on him. I'm going to spell a, a cast a spell on him. <laughs> All right, what, what, what do you want to cast? He's now unable to do anything, and we can take our time to figure out what our next move is. <laughs> well, I'm not... I can do that because what's that, what's that spell I called? see it's... Uh, I have a level five spell casting. <laughs> so, and then not, these look, are your spells. Yeah. Here. What? Oh, these are yeah. Your spells. Oh, okay. You don't, you oh, don't, these are the spells. You don't yeah. have spell making up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, he has level three UCB spell. He can, <laughs> oh, these are my things. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, uh, 
there, I've created a dome or wall. <laughs> of magical energy. <laughs> oh, we, we have to think fast. I don't know how long I can hold it. <laughs> Wait, okay, yeah. doc, doctor, what is the wall between us and what? It's between us and him. Okay. Whatever he is. All right, uh, I, I run up to the hotel, the hotel. I run up, I run up to the to the wall, and I use my perception to see if the person is a what their what their motives are. Oh, who is he? What is he? What are his motives? This guy's a really good doctor. He's a very good doctor. You don't see anything beyond the wall other than a truck, like a semi truck. Oh, okay. Well, um. I'm so happy. Uh, uh, where's the Where's the truck that the guy's in? I'll go. I'll go check it out. Hortigard points at it. I, I walk in that direction. As you walk, you see lights from the trucks flick on, uh, flanking your uh, path, flanking your path, lighting up the entire lot. The truck you're walking towards, the door clicks open, and you see a dapper figure emerge. It's a khaki suit-wearing orc with a data jack in the side of his head and a monocle. He's holding a metal briefcase. Oh, no. Mercy, go up there and uh, yeah, can do, I, your, can th I, do your thing. I, I, can I sprint up to where Jim is? Yep. All right, I'm going to use uh, negotiation. All right. Hey, handsome. <laughs> it's good to finally meet you in person. Ah, it is great to meet you too. I, I assume that you are this Johnson we're all talking about. Oh yeah, that's why we're all here, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Sure is. Did you like my friend's wall that he made? That dome. I gotta say, it's 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 a bit alarming. Well, the thing that our crew does, is some crews just go around and they just talk to people, but we show what we can do. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a doctor with a with a rich past. Yeah, and uh, he may also be going through a very messy divorce. We're not <laughs> we're not sure. Uh, but uh, uh, so we do not have uh... Baldwin Brown. Yeah, we do not have old uh, BB. Um, and uh, I was wondering if uh, maybe we could have a little more time. I do have a very good lead. Hmm. So. Well, what's the lead? Uh, well, uh, I produced the uh, the picture. Hmm. This looks uh, like it was just taken from his Instagram account. <laughs> Yes, here's the thing. Um, a lot of people wouldn't look at this. And as we all know, there are only so many bathrooms in the city. I, I think that we should have a little bit more time. And if, uh, if you need some more convincing, uh, why don't I show you uh, what my old friend, Dr. Friend, can do spell-wise. Take it away, Dr. Friend. Agony! Agony spell! Oh, Jesus! Agony! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Agony! Whoa. He's 
Same, it induces same team. terrible pain. Same team. Same in team. In the target. He's the guy that pays Until paces. it is deactivated. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Somebody. Somebody. Oh. Oh, my God. So. The spell. There's something wrong. It's affecting me. He has superpowers. I never suspected. Um, I. I use. <laughs> and the same will happen to you all if you don't return with Baldwin Brown. Oh. Okay, that that went better. He, he took that better than I thought he would. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we got we got a truckload of BTL chips. Uh, that was part of the deal. Uh, it was fifteen hundred a piece or something? Uh, no, it was not that. It was a thousand a piece. Thousand a piece. We got a truckload, so. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, at least p- pony up for the uh, for the BTLs. We almost got killed trying to get. All yeah. right, all right. How many how many boxes you got? Uh, a million. <laughs> oh, I'll just verify that. Uh, he walks uh, over to the back of the truck and starts counting. It's like, why this? This is only twenty five. I mean, that's a lot. That's all that was there. We got them all. We got I, one, we got one hundred percent of their BTL chips. Yeah. I, a million probably wouldn't fit in the truck anyway. I don't know what I was thinking. No. Hey, you're asking the wrong guy. Oh. Also, also, in, uh, we we have using using uh, negotiation and intimidation. Um, you really should give us eleven hundred a box because there are a lot of people who want these chips. Well, and it's really for my my my. my my street clinics. And um, obviously we have no idea what he's going to do. <laughs> I mean, you I mean, have to realize yeah, yeah. I may be working with these people, but I still care about people who have no safety net. And they come to my clinics on the street for help. And these, these, these 25 boxes will just be enough to make the difference. I... <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm. What is being expected of me? It's being explained to you that like we have a, a huge humanitarian incentive to. <laughs> we, we, just, we need a little bit more money. Why don't we get 1,100 a box and and we'll go and we'll get Mr. Brian. All right, that sounds cool. All right, thank you. Thank you. Um, do you know anything more about where he is? <laughs> well, uh, hey, Mercy, Mer- Mercy, you guys are all forgetting that I have my eagle spirit scouting the neighborhood right now looking for No, I remember, I remember. Brown. Do you know anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm, I'm just saying at, at, any, at any moment, I, 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 I go into a, a Native American uh, sagittarius. Oh. Uh, Jeff, as your friend, just take a Salish. I, 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 go, I, I go into a shamanic trance and I try to communicate with my eagle spirit who's flying over the city. Eagle, do you, do, you, do you see Baldwin Brown anywhere? No, nah, it'll take me like another 20, 30 minutes. Okay, cool. Talk. Uh, <laughs> so spiritual. I, 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 uh, I, sh- I, I shoot a ray of energy into the, into the air that, that, uh, that spells T-T-Y-L. <laughs> see ya. So the Mr. Johnson, he pulls a cred stick out of his out of his briefcase and he's like, This is uh what's uh twenty-five times eleven? This is that many. <laughs> that many newions for your troubles. Times a hundred, you mean? Yep. Anybody? 
25 times 100 is 2,500. Don't worry about it. I'll do the math later. All right. <laughs> he hands you the cred stick. Or t- 250. Thank you. The cred stick? Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's like a credit card, basically. It's like it, it, store, it stores your money. It's like okay. a gift card. In the cards future, it's UFB gotten longer drives. and thinner. Okay, sorry. What is the, what, what, what is your problem with the credit credit stick concept? You know, it's 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 more a reflection uh, of me. No, I, it should I, be smaller. <laughs> it should be smaller. It shouldn't be. We in the future, we shouldn't be advancing to bigger. Right. We should be shrinking. <clears throat> Thank you. For right, that. but what if the stick right? does more? Right? What if the stick is a whole? I mean, bank? where are you going to put the stick when you go out? Right. You yeah. have to have a special pocket. Exactly. Oh, uh, maybe that's why they just, did it. You know, fit in your. So. The, the stick is pretty small. It's not like it's not like a giant stick. No, I know. I'm, you know, memory stick. No, I got it. I'm sorry. It's. it's I can't, Curtis. Uh, this is Aaron talking. Um, I, I have a hard time remembering the name for the cell phone and the money. Ying Ying. <laughs> Yeah, okay. New yen. New yen. New yen. Okay. Yeah, see? All right. You hear the cry of sirens. They're oh, close, too geez. close. It's the cops. Johnson's right. like, what the hell? They must have bugged the merchandise. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What are uh, we going to do? Too right. late. We got to take the cred sticks and run, everybody. Yeah, can we? We'll you be back. We'll you be back in the hangout. Bitches. You sons of bitches. You sons. Sorry. <laughs> He's just you sons of bitches. Okay. Go ahead. Wait, what, what, are you not satisfied? Uh, well, it sounded like you guys were running away. Well, we're, we're, we are running we're away, but you, you can run too. Oh, yeah. We're not doing anything wrong to you, right? I we're, got a whole truckload of goods to move immediately. It's a situation on my hands. You want to pay us to help you with that situation? Uh-huh. No. Nightblade, are you high? He's not part of our group. Wait, I, I, Wait, it's good. He's a customer. He's the guy that we're gonna we're gonna go off and do the job, and he's dissatisfied. He's, we're walking what? away, and he's what? calling us assholes. You worked at Radio Shack, and the manager like had a problem. Would you leave your family to burn? <laughs> it made a lot of sense. Uh, Hortigard, Hortigard, is there a dark? Is there there's some dark area nearby where we can where we can hide where the cops don't find us? Um, I don't know. Mate. Pro- probably, just statistically. Eve, can you ask for eagle? Can, can I cast invisibility over all of us and make us and the truck disappear? Or, or you not I, the truck? You could do it on people, but it's going to take some some drain. I could also use I could I could use phantasm and create some other thing to distract the cops. Like I could I could make some other thing happen far away that that makes the cops go somewhere else to buy us some time. You could. Oh. All right. Um. So how close are the cops? Oh, they're going to be here in a couple minutes. A couple minutes. Johnson, do you want out of this problem? Maybe, but only for very cheap. Uh, name a price. Seven hundred. Seven hundred for each person that risks their life. No. <laughs> Just to solve the situation. All right. See ya. What kind of rice? <laughs> Let's go. He's, 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 the guy's like you, sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you got no right to say that anymore. You had an opportunity. <laughs> like, tell your accountant. You know, see ya. I, uh, I, I go towards the street where the cops are coming. I can hear where the street where they're going to be coming from, right? Right. Yep. And I say, everybody, get in the truck. Get ready to get the hell out of here. I'm going to create a phantasm to scare the hell out of these cops. When, we go, when, that, when it starts, we have to get the hell out of here and go the other direction. Johnson, you want to come with us or do you want out? Well, I need that truck. I mean... Yeah, so we'll all get in the truck together with the, with the merchandise and we'll go somewhere else and get away from these cops. I'll drive the truck. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Johnson likes it. Doctor. I can just say that they're medical supplies if the police stop me. All right. You guys, everybody in the truck, I'm going to try this. We only got one shot at this, you guys. And also, right. our show's about to be over, so this, is a good, this, has, this has to count. All right. All right, let's go. 
All right, the truck rolls out of the parking lot. Okay, I go out into the streets and I I touch my, my, my red feather earring and I and I and I summon I summon, I summon all all the all the magic of my of my training my elf my elven upbringing and my and my Native American tribe, and I summon a spirit, I, I summon a twenty foot tall flaming gorilla to stand in the middle of the streets. And, 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 just, and just start freaking, <laughs> freaking out in front of the cop cars. Not only is it a giant gorilla, it's also angry. <laughs> no, no, this is, a, this is a flaming gorilla that means, it means business. But it's only a phantasm. It can't really hurt him. It's just going to scare these cops. And I cast it as a level five. All right, it's a level five. Level five flaming gorilla, middle of the road, freaking out. <laughs> you know, All it right. occurs to me I could have done the barrier here. <laughs> But I feel like I've already done it, and then I, now it's not going to work. But you kind of shot your watch. You shot your watch. I shot it. This would be the perfect time for it. If I'd known this is where we were going, I would have waited on the barrier for we now. Should have you, we should have given you the script. We, See, we read it. This is the problem. Hey, you don't get the script. Doctor, you don't know what's happening. Doctor, remember before when you told me that, that, I, that I'm bigger than this and there's more to me than this? Yes. I think that we're all learning something today and that you're going to use mm-hmm. to harness this ability and know what, when to time it better next time. Mm-hmm. And to use it for good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Level five. Gorilla! <laughs> a gorilla sprouts up. He's 20 feet tall. He's beaten his chest, which is on fire. He's, he's mean in business, and you guys scoot off into the night. Scoot! <laughs> if there's any cops following you, they make no indication. 20 minutes later, your, your eagle friend goes, Hey, I found Baldwin. You're not going to like it, though. He's in a business. Building, I mean. He's in a building. God damn it. <laughs> That's our kryptonite. Are you saying there's a roof and walls and there's some sort of organization inside that makes money? Yeah. I Bob. mean, it's a... <laughs> Sorry. It's a telepathic link. You guys, it looks like we're going to have to get Baldwin. Which, uh, which business? <clears throat> Eagle? Oh, I don't... I don't know. So you you truly thought we weren't going to like that he was in a business? Oh, wait, no. You're not going to like the defense mechanisms around the business. Oh. Oh. What are they? (laughs) Oh, they got magical barriers. Sounds Uh. like me. (laughs) That sounds like a case for the magical barrier doctor to come in. (laughs) Cliffhanger! Wait a minute. Curtis Armstrong will be back next week to reprise his role as the as the astrally projecting doctor. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. Aaron Curtis McGaffey. Armstrong. Thank you, Curtis everybody. Armstrong. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Aaron McGaffey, Spencer Crittenden. I'm Jeff Davis. Thank you, everyone here at Meltdown Comics. Your mayor, everybody, Mr. Dan Harmon.